The jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. Coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in beautiful Northwest Pennsylvania. Well, we broadcast live every weeknight, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network. It's the place to be. We're also simulcast on Blog Talk Radio, folks, as well as, of course, our official YouTube channel. All of the venues available right off of our home base on the Internet HagmanandHagman.com. That's HagmanandHagman.com. Go there, and you'll notice that you can not only get the uh, the YouTube video directly from the front page, but notice to the right, it's got a, just a wonderful area there, navigational area, where you can click to whatever site uh, that uh, is applicable to ours. So. Uh, for example, we have uh, HagmanReport.com. That's where the news and information and uh, our social networking sites, it's all right there, very easy for anyone. Just go to HagmanHagman.com. You can listen live on Global Star Radio Network or listen or watch live off of our page or listen via BTR, whatever choice, whatever venue choice you might uh, might opt for. Um yeah, I'm Doug Hagman at the helm with fellow investigator researcher and of course my son Joe Hagman together. We are the Hagman and Hagman Report, what I like to call America's premier father son investigative reporting team. And, and, you know, we like to uh, dig into topics that the corporate mass media doesn't, they won't, they will never do. And many people adhere to the coincidence theory of, uh, historical and current geopolitical events. We look at the conspiracy, well, we look behind the scenes, I guess. Awakening others to the truth in the real news behind the headlines. We want to thank each and every one of you, each and every one of you, including those new to the program for tuning in and being part of what I like to call our extended family. And I really mean that, folks. You are really near and dear to our hearts. And I, I just, I go back to thinking, which was kind of a blur of the conference. I go back to thinking, um, about meeting all of you. And what I try to do is like take a mental picture and, and, you know, memorize names and faces. But I'm so thankful to have met all the people that, that I did meet. Um, so many just beautiful people there at the conference. I mean, beautiful. And I'm talking about people, you know, not appearances. Certainly I wouldn't qualify for that. Uh, and I can, nor would Joe, but, uh, you know, just beautiful people. Um, Man, it was a very humbling, it was humbling to me just to listen to you, uh, to listen to your, in some cases, listen to your testimonies, your stories, and, um, to get to know you a little bit better, to, to, to give you a hug or a handshake or a, I, I don't know. It, it was, it was something that I will never forget because you folks are, really the lifeblood of the family and i just want to say thank you so much for you know it 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 it, it, it takes a it, it i don't know it, it it um whether you took time off of work or 
you, you had to put out, put aside that time and and the expense to get there. And I just want to say thanks for doing so. And I, and I hope that it affected you the way it affected us. And and deeply, deeply, and it was so great. It was so great to see everyone and meet everyone behind the behind the internet names or the yeah, you know, the chatters and in, in the emails, interactive right. chat room to emailers to callers, uh, right? The people we've met before at other events, such as you know, going to the Supreme Court, uh, yes, yes, in Washington D.C. Uh, we met a lady there who's uh, going to. Get her doctorate in divinity, and uh, was that Sally? I'm not oh, sure. Uh, Sally, <laughs> hello, Sally, if you're listening, and and to so many others, just thank you for for all that you do. And the speakers there, you know, Russ Bizdar, my goodness, Paul McGuire, oh my, oh my. And we have one of the speakers with us tonight. Uh, and we folks, do. Uh, if we you do. see this little pink string, I my my studio ears were taken with me i think to texas i still haven't unpacked everything yet so i haven't been able to find them so the pink string is my temporary studio ears just as an fyi but ellie marzuli tonight elliemarzuli.net is the website uh we have one of his books here on the trail of the nephilim as well as the cosmic chess match He's working on uh, Watchers 10. Yeah, that's coming out, and we did a behind-the-scenes interview. Uh, consider this a debriefing, if you will. The speakers from uh, the conference will be on our show, and I um, uh, consider this a debriefing. Uh, for those of you who were not able to attend or uh, for whatever reason, but but some new information being shared by all the speakers tonight. We're showcasing L.A. Marzulli, and that's uh, and had, being able to spend time with him was just a tremendous, just so tremendous. I I thought, um, getting to know him and his wife, and they're such gracious, yeah. gracious, gracious people. And knowledgeable, to Peggy, his wife. Yes, and and L.A. Marzulli, knowledgeable beyond belief. Do we have him? Uh, do we have him on the air? Okay. Yeah, we're working to get them on the air. A lot of news. You, you know, it's interesting. Um, you, you talk about the, uh, the, you know, the news with respect to the terrorist bombings in, in Brussels, of course. that that That's the big thing right now. Ladies and gentlemen, expect that to come to the United States. Um, that's going to come very soon, and it's going to come... Um, uh, we we are going to see coordinated attacks here in this country, I believe in in the short term. Based on all of the information I've been getting right now, there there's preparations being made. Uh, response uh, preparations already being made to such incidents. So, um, do do we have any direct intelligence? No, but uh, we do have information that that there are people, uh, agencies that are putting together their Check. responses for the eventuality of such attacks. And uh, uh, through text message today, I asked L.A., you know, what he thought an appropriate title of the show should be uh, based on what he wanted to talk about. And he said, The Rise of Jihad. Now, uh, How appropriate Paul, is that? Right? Paul McGuire uh, will be on tomorrow, and he also... Uh, so we're going to have two back-to-back shows. Uh, he wants to talk about uh, the Belgium terror, prophetic warnings and terrorist attacks, and the possibility of coming terrorist attacks to america so um oh and, and just a couple of housekeeping announcements um 
right before the uh, seven minutes before airtime, I, 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 you know, keep me away from electrical <laughs> things. I, I, I plug something in. He blew an uh, electric out. We, we, we blew, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we tripped the circuit. I tripped the circuit down in the uh, uh, in the studio area, which so it was slow coming back up, and uh, I apologize for that. Which I mean, it cut out our computers, and you know, you know how you have to restart everything, and so we we had uh, a little frantic time right before the uh, start of the show. So we're up, and if you see a lag in the video, uh, here's what we're doing on the good news side of things. Um, we are investing in the equipment needed uh, that we need here to to take this into fully high def, and hopefully. When we get this piece of equipment, which is very, very pricey, um, but but we need to do this, so um, that'll give us immense capabilities. You're going to see some really dramatic changes here over the next uh, next couple of weeks, and we're just so excited about that. But anyway, so I think LA is 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 on the is yes, with yes. us. All right, so LA uh, from LAMarzuli.net. Uh Mr. Marzuli, it's great to have you on the show, and it was a pleasure uh, spending the weekend with you. Hey, Doug and Joe, great to be here. And, and please refer to me as L.A. When you say Mr. Marzulli, <laughs> I feel like an old codger or something. My God. <laughs> okay, L.A., right. it's a deal. There you go. Well, all right. Well, it was a pleasure spending time with you. Oh, it was uh, great. So Our tables were next to each other, and uh, it was it was really fun, really fun getting to know you guys a little better, too. You, you know, I, I for whatever reason, I did not realize to, to see to see the the amount of work in the product that you have out the the knowledge that you are providing to people through your books and DVDs, it's just an amazing thing how much work you've put into your your ministry if I if I may call it that sure uh, your projects you know it's just it, it, I, I I stood back when you when you and Peggy were not there I stood back in awe looking at that and I'm thinking to myself how much time and effort did it take you and and your team and uh, it's just it, just thank you for all that information by the way so well, I, I, yeah well. <laughs> I, I really i really appreciate that you know there's there's nine dvds and nine books and uh you know it's funny when when the uh this present generation they want everything for free and i'm not, i don't mean this as a slam but a lot of we get, we get emails from people oh hey, this you know this this stuff should be free man you know i, I just tell them look how about if I come over to your house for dinner tonight? How does that sound? The bottom line is, yeah, it, it takes a long time to produce a book. I do like one book a year. At the most, we do two Watchers films uh, a year. And now we've switched over to TV, um, which is ppsreport.com. We aired our first show on VTM, which is out of Little Rock, uh, last week and um, got some really good response out of that. Plus, we do like at least one or two updates a week, and you know, you mentioned team. There really, there's a loose team, but there's like it's just my wife and I in the office. We've got two two women that help with the shipping. Uh, Carson Brenneman does our internet stuff, but he's down in Chile. Mark Kahn does our email blast, and he's over in in Missouri. And I mean that that's the team, and of course Richard Shaw. So I mean it's, it's a very loose can, network of people, but you know we we keep cranking the stuff out, and and now that we're on. Uh, TV and also YouTube, or but getting ready to go on, on Roku, it's a tremendous amount of work. And not only when you look at that, then you look at the speaking schedule to it, um, and then you know it, it's like we're, we're just working, we're just working fools basically. <laughs> Absolutely, I know you have a full schedule. You you speak so, so many places. 
across the country on a regular basis. You uh, are, are right in the in the thick of the prophecy circuit, and uh, it's good that we have you there. Uh, we had the pleasure of doing a behind-the-scenes interview with you, as well as uh, listening to your presentation, and you presented a lot of information. And I don't know uh, if 108 you... slides. Uh, you, you know, you talk about. <laughs> when I heard that, I thought it's amazing uh, the, the the amount of uh, work. I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah, I mean, it's 108 slides uh, to, to show people. I mean, you talk about an information rich environment. My goodness. Um, but uh, LA, where do you want to start tonight? Because uh, you, you got so much going on. Um, well, you so, know, we yeah, in, in Watchers Nine and also the book by the same title, Days of Chaos, um, we outline this. And in fact, today I wrote a blog, and what I did, um, I, I just basically, it, it's from 2013, and 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 the beginning of the blog was this. I have been I'm warning of the coming jihad for years now, and for the most part, it has fallen on deaf ears. It's coming here, and we will see more of these attacks. In the meantime, another candlelight ceremony is not going to stop the jihadis now. That was originally posted in 2013 on the wake of Nairobi, Kenya, when uh, the jihadis opened fire in a mall um, and, you know, killed, I forget exactly what the body count was. It was 67 people looking at it, at least 67 people. Obviously, more were wounded. And this is just, it's, it's not going to stop. And people have to understand this. The problem that we have, and I'm, I'm looking at another um, actually, this is uh, from a truth revolt. U.S. Muslims react to, call, that, to calls for surveillance. We have the same ideology as mainstream Americans, and so of course there are there are moderate Muslims out there um, who embrace America. I mean, at least that's what we would, what we would like to think. And as I stated in my in my uh, uh, talk at here the Watchman Conference in Dallas, you know, in Germany in World War II. Uh, many of the Nazis were German. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. The majority of Nazis were, in fact, Germans, German-speaking people. But not all Germans were Nazis. And so it is with Islam. The question is, uh, and I've got, I've got stats in front of me, and, you know, we can get into all that stuff. But if, if even, if even just 1% are radicalized, and I think it's actually more than 1%, if just 1% are radicalized, and my gosh, what are we looking at? That's like, with with 1.4 billion Muslims in the world, and some people put that higher, that's like a, you know 1.4 million terrorists running around. And uh, I think on on Drudge Report today, this is basically the headline: 400 trained uh, jihadis for European wave of bloodshed. Other sites are saying that that ISIS has declared uh, war on Europe. Uh, you know this, and, and there's no way to vet these people. And this is the problem. Uh, you know, you've got this influx of of Muslim immigrants into Europe, and this happened, of course, months ago. And people, and I talked about this again, and here the Watchmen. People ask me, you know, and they and they do it sort of uh, with sort of an attitude. You know, LA, I follow this Blood Moon thing, and nothing really happened in 2015. It's like, you know, I, I feel like I got I taken to the cleaners here. I bought some books on it, and I watched the video on the Blood Moons, and nothing happened. And I look at them and I say, Are you kidding me? I mean, what did you expect? The planet to split in half or something? The the very fact that we've got over one million Muslim refugees storming, by the way, through Europe, and I show clips of that, is absolutely unprecedented. 
absolutely unprecedented. We've never seen anything like it before. And and the second factor is the Russians are now in the Middle East. They're still there. Yes, Putin has has you know withdrawn a little bit, but that whole place is just one big counter uh, powder keg. So the problem we have is how do we how do we figure out who the jihadis are? Of course, there's no way of knowing that. And this this creates a real problem. Uh, yeah, there's most Muslims. I'm assuming, although I have no way of knowing that. But I, I'm going to believe it. Even even after all the carnage and and the endless wave of suicide bombings in Iraq and in other places, you know, Obama stands up today and he says this is not the face of Islam. Islam has been hijacked. Well, with all due respect, what is the face of Islam? I mean, I also talked about this here, the Watchman. Do we believe in the Muslim Brotherhood? Is that the face of Islam in Egypt, where the Muslim Brotherhood states emphatically this very fiery Imam? Uh, Safwa Higazi states emphatically that the capital of the United Arab States will be Al-Quds, which of course is Arabic for Jerusalem. Uh, how's that going to work? Do we look at the, uh, the face of, uh, Islam in Saudi Arabia, where the madrasas basically teach Sharia? Uh, do we look at Saudi Arabia with Chop Chop Square, where people are, hands are cut off and hands on one side, feet on the other, uh, the, the endless slashings, the, the torture, the fact that women have no rights at all, they're not allowed to drive, the honor killings, the female genital mutilation, is that the face of Islam? Uh, what are we, what are we supposed to believe here? Is ISIS the true face of Islam? What about Iran, who are Shia? Muslims who are completely at war with Sunnis. And in Iraq, about every 10 to 14 days, some suicide crazy blows up somebody in Iraq. And it's on both sides. Sunni blows up Shia, Shia blows up Sunni. On and on it goes. When ISIS rolls into town, the first thing they do is they round up all the Shia Muslims and they just blow them away. That's it. They just, they line them up in trenches. I've got film of this. Line them up in trenches. Boom, boom, boom. You know, shots to the head. Blood spurting out every place. So, when Obama makes a statement like this, um, <laughs> which which I find just incredible, um, you know, it's basically saying that this is not this is not what Islam is, and ISIS has hijacked a religion of peace. Then, with all due respect, Mr. President, please point us to the real face of Islam. What about Islamic countries that will never recognize the state of Israel? What about the idea that millions of women? Specifically, in in in, in, sub, in, in the African continent, um, have been uh, what has undergone a right known as female genital mutilation, where their clitorises are cut off, so they can never come to a climax. So they're basically uh, sexually, uh, they're sort of base. It, it's over. I don't know how else to put it. Um, they they can't enjoy uh, a relationship, a sexual relationship with a man. And what about the honor killings that we have in this country? Uh, what about the jihad? In this country, where we have Major Hassan, um, it, who stands up and yells Allah Akbar and blows away 13 people. And this, this man was in, in the army. So the problem I have, and I think what most Americans have, is how are we to distinguish who's who? There's no way to tell. There's absolutely no way to tell. Um, and, and, and as Trump says, do we, do we, you know, put a hold on this for a little bit? Do we stop immigration from, Muslim countries. I mean, the fact that Europe is dealing with this, there's no way to stop it over there. It's already over for Europe. And what they're going to see is wave after wave after wave of terror. I've been saying this for years now, certainly before 2013. I wrote Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural in 2007. 
And when that book came out, I said the same thing. Look, there were dirty bombs that we believe came across the southern border in the 90s. This was also in Politics, Property, and Supernatural. I, I sort of tagged it again in, in Days of Chaos. But the bottom line is, those dirty bombs uh, came across the southern border in the 90s when the border was wide open. Now, it's still porous today. Don't misunderstand me. And the Border Patrol is, is basically handcuffed. They can't do what they're supposed to do. And wave after wave of immigrant, illegal aliens, and what about illegals don't we really understand? You're coming into this country illegally. If, if the roles were reversed and we just went into Mexico, we'd all be rounded up and, and put in a hooskow and then deported. But somehow over here, all, all the you know bleeding-heart liberals, oh, we got to give them citizenship. Oh, we've got anchor babies. And if you say anything against it, you're a racist. It's just unbelievable. I mean, it's just, where are these people, you know, define your terms. What is a racist? That's not a racist. That's someone who wants to secure the borders because you're allowing people to come into this country who then basically get food stamps and live off the public dole, don't pay taxes, send the money back into their, into their countries. And we've seen it over and over again in California. But apparently you can't say anything. So in the 90s, Osama bin Laden, that elusive boogeyman, who, by the way, when they killed him, and of course I don't believe that was Osama bin Laden in Pakistan for a minute. I believe he died from kidney failure in Iran years earlier. But anyway, the SEAL team went in. They see a guy that looks like Osama bin Laden. The whole thing's a setup. Yeah, they get somebody. Yeah, they bag him. Guess what? No DNA is extracted. There are no fingerprints, no iris scans. There's nothing. And out of respect to Muslims, they bury this guy at sea. I mean, are you kidding me? Am I really supposed to believe that? That is the most classic wag the dog story I have ever heard in my life, except for Benghazi, the wag the dog thing, where we were told that this spontaneous eruption that happened in Benghazi, which killed our ambassador, by the way, he was brutally tortured, sodomized with a cattle, he was sodomized, but he was also probed with a cattle prod to his genitals for who knows how long, while all these goons are yelling Allo Akbar and torturing this guy and finally killing him. Our Marines were told to stand down. And the fact that Hillary Clinton, with all due respect, Madam Secretary, can actually run for President of the United States shows us, shows me anyway, how far down the rabbit hole we really are. Uh, what does it matter? It matters a whole lot. The fact that just last week she said, and look at look at Libya, you know, we no no one died there. Excuse me, you forget about the four Marines. It wasn't a spontaneous eruption due to some movie that the way you guys spun it, the administration, oh, the Muslims were reacting to some anti-Muslim movie. And, and the guy was, was, you know, under house arrest for like six months. Then they let him go. Of course, that was on page uh, non-existent in, in the New York Times. <laughs> Hardly anybody knows about that. So Osama bin Laden is buried at sea. Am I supposed to believe this? I'm supposed to believe they shot him. I believe he died uh, in Iran years ago. I think this is one of the reasons why, uh, uh, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, the, the, what was the prim, uh, prime minister or president of Pakistan for a while? Uh, uh, Bhutto. Yeah, Bhutto. Yeah. Bhutto was assassinated because basically she came on the record stating that, oh, Osama bin Laden died in Iran six years earlier. She actually stated that. You can go online, you actually hear the quote. It's, it's, I'm not making this stuff up. So whether or not she was assassinated because of that, who knows? The bottom line is when, when bin Laden was here, and, and Paul Ryan has a book that talks about this, there was a fatwa, a religious decree, that came from a, an imam that allowed him to bring weapons of mass destruction into the country across the southern border. The southern border was porous. Um, we believe that, that dirty, dirty nukes or, or suitcase nukes were purchased from the so former Soviet Union. Uh, by, they won't explode like a nuclear device. They will create a Chernobyl 
uh, event in your city, which is what you don't want, or a Fukushima-like event in your city. Basically, you can't ever go back there for, for decades and decades and decades. So we believe at least 2 to 20. That that's the numbers. Two. Well, no, you 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 know what? You're right. I mean, this has been reported on, and right now, as you're talking, uh, L.A. uh, and and Joe has this information. Three students, George Mason University, found with bomb making material, uh, arrested. Look, you're so right. This is coming. This is coming to this country. This is unbelievable in my view that, that we have turned a blind eye to this. And you mentioned one thing, uh, that I want to address before I do. Uh, just allow me this, uh, sure. momentarily here. Um, folks, uh, we are talking with L.A. Marzuli, fresh off of Hear the Watchman conference. Folks, go to hearthewatchman.com. There you can grab a hold of your 10 DVD box set this weekend only. Ten, now think about that. 10 DVD box and conference price right now uh, $75 uh, so, so go there and anyone who purchased live streaming your extended viewing will be available shortly the um, technical uh, aspects of, of, of that were a nightmare God bless everyone involved in that endeavor but L.A. Marzulli was one of the, the featured speakers there L.A. Marzulli his websites lamerzuli.net ppsreport.com folks portions of nice broadcast brought to you by nuts.com that's nuts.com if you go to nuts.com folks and please do this go to nuts.com in the microphone box type in hh Okay, and it'll take you to our special page there. And folks, you can choose from uh, your four free gifts on the page that comes up. Twenty-five dollars. Uh, you purchase twenty-five. Purchase twenty-five dollars worth of goodies, and add uh, choose your four free gifts. It's a fifteen-dollar value. Place your order, and I got to tell you, the uh, the choices are just fabulous at nuts.com. Microphone code HH. More on that later. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we're always eating stuff from nuts.com. Again, portions of the nice broadcast brought to you by nuts.com, microphone code HH. Uh, but LA, you were, you were talking about one thing, uh, that I want to address. The, you know, somewhere along the line in history, in American history and Western history, the descendants of the early Christians spiraled into a state of, uh, of, uh, prideful complacency. Uh, much like the Laodicean church, we were deceived. Christians were deceived into believing that they had their act together with respect to Christian life. And, and this is referenced in Revelation 3, uh, 14, verses 14 through 19. We, as a body of Christ, had, had become spiritually blind and needed a dose of eye salve that Jesus had offered, really, uh, their ancestors. But, but with respect to moderate Islam, you had referenced that. And, he, and here, I said this last night, and I'm going to turn it back over to you. In, inevitably, whenever Islam is mentioned on the news, on uh, Fox News, MSNBC, anywhere, uh, in a negative context, the bombings in Brussels, many challenge that only a small minority are dangerous radicals, and the majority is a harmless, they're harmless moderates. But, L.A., I truly assert that the facts disprove this oversimplified uh, distinction because Islam and I said this last night Islam works as a two-edged sword yeah. one edge is terrorism and the other is a more subtle process that leads to the Islamic takeover of a country by using our laws against us 
Uh, so I, I do believe that this alien invasion that we're seeing today, and I don't want to cut into your time at all because I, I, I but, but I, I just, I really believe that we've been sold a bill of goods with respect to the modern Muslims. Sure, there are, uh, uh, you know, um, Muslims who just don't do anything. They're not of the book of faith, much like Christians. Just in Christians in name only, but man, I'll tell you, I really, I really have a hard time uh, believing uh, in in moderate Islam, and I also have a hard time believing. Well, I'll just say this: the Arab Spring, L.A. Uh, we have documentation that was years in the planning. It wasn't a spontaneous uprising. Libya, that was necessary in order to, to funnel goods and uh, weapons and men and, up to Syria. And to take it a step further, you know, putting it to the presidential campaign, you know, we see these protests against Donald Trump and his rallies and supporters. These are also organized protests in the same way that the organized attacks happened in Benghazi. Uh, it's not by chance that these are happening. Yeah, go go ahead, L.A. Sorry, I just wanted to, no, had to get no, a couple mean, of things in there. No, we're we're having a conversation. I mean, you know, you mentioned Trump. Absolutely, these uh, the anti-Trump movement, uh, even within the Republican establishment, is, is incredibly telling. They don't want him because they can't control him. I mean, I've written I've written blogs about it. I, I did a uh, a video on it from our studio, PPSReport.com. Uh, you know, basically, stay safe, Mr. Trump. Because, uh, look, RFK was assassinated by a so-called lone gunman who doesn't remember decades after the killing, doesn't remember that he ever shot RFK, Sirhan Sirhan. And it seems like the Manchurian candidate, the MK Ultra mind control, this guy was, uh, in, my, in my opinion, I don't think he pulled the trigger. And, of course, we know, you know, just look, just like JFK, and we were just in Dallas. I've been to Dallas uh, to the kill zone several times, and, and the headshot where JFK was blown away is less than 60 feet away from the grassy knoll. Behind the picket fence, it's less than 60 feet away from the, from the fatal headshot which killed Kennedy. And there was a recently, there was a program, I'm digressing here, I know, but another rabbit trail, but there was a program which attempted to debunk that, and they, you know, went through all this extraordinary, um, you know, with, with, with JFK in the limo and Jackie sitting next to her, and they had actors uh, and actresses portraying Kennedy and Mrs. Kennedy in the back of a limousine, which is an exact replica of the car and all this stuff. And they positioned the rifle in the grassy knoll uh, where the headshot was. But what they did is they moved Kennedy Jacqueline back. In other words, in, in, the, in the real footage, and there's a Pruder film, she's leaning forward, and she's leaning forward and holding her husband and looking at his face like this before the headshot occurs. They moved her back eight, you know, eight to ten inches, which means that if the bullet had come from the grassy knoll, it would have gone through Kennedy's head and hit her. See, right. and they, it, which is false information, but that's not where she was. So, but if you, but if they show that, and if you believe that, then they go, well, see, we we can't well, completely. It never would have happened because Jacqueline would have been killed by the bullet from the grassy knoll. Excuse me, the police officer riding on on a motorcycle directly in back, directly in back on the left side of the motorcade was completely covered with brain matter and blood. And that, that proves, in my opinion, that the fatal headshot, at least one of them came, there might have been two at the same time, a, a split second between them, came from the grassy knoll. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's a matter of public record. I mean, it's, that's, that's, that's how it was. His head exploded. Isn't it interesting how the brain goes missing, which yeah. would have shown uh, a completely different type of, 
of, of weapon being used. The weapon that blew him apart was probably uh, a full metal jacket where the where the bullet goes in and it basically explodes, which is completely different from the um, Manlik or Carcano that Oswald allegedly used, which wouldn't have done that. So uh, that's why we're, they're two different bullets, and so we got to get rid of the brain because the brain will show that oh, it, it, you know, the, the the bullet from a Manlik or Carcano wouldn't have exploded, mushroomed out like this, and fragmented into many pieces, which of course we would have found in Kennedy's brain. I digress. The bottom line is RFK was assassinated. Let's backtrack out of this rabbit trail. RFK was assassinated. Why? Because he would have carried on his brother's work. He would have opened up the the, the Kennedy assassination for one and basically done the same type of uh, uh, um, idea of bringing boys back home from Vietnam, looking at the IRS, getting rid of the Federal Reserve, all the things that that sort of Trump is, is, is talking about the same same type of you know, doing the same type of things in his administration. We'll see exactly what happens. But they fear him. They don't want him. Uh, they're they're trying to manipulate the the conversation by bringing in these radicals. And this is right out of the Saul Alinsky playbook. Uh, demonstrate, demonstrate, demonstrate. And and meanwhile, the the populace is voting for Trump overwhelmingly. Now, in a, in a runoff, apparently with Clinton, uh, he loses, which is incredible to think about. That, that Trump could actually lose to someone like Hillary. But, look, we are in, uh, and I, I'm just looking at, uh, at, at Breitbart's, um, and this is just an incredible, you know, Breitbart News, uh, Ann Coulter, who I love, she's so pithy and, and witty, uh, her, her hashtag was today, we are Neville Chamberlain. And, of course, for those who don't study history and don't understand who Neville Chamberlain really was and what he did and why this is important, Chamberlain went and met with Hitler before the outbreak of World War II. And Neville Chamberlain came back holding this silly white paper, waving it at the airport uh, in London, wave, you know, saying, Hitler doesn't want war, we have peace, everything is okay. Hooray! And so there it is. And so everybody went, yay! And a couple of weeks later, or whatever, Hitler invades Poland and World War II rolls out and, you know, 50 million people are, are, are killed and and how many in, in the concentration camps? 15, 20 million, we'll probably never know. Out of that, 6 million Jews, 7, 8 million Jews. I mean, the number is, is through the roof. And a lot of times, they, they didn't actually keep records. You got off the death car, the death trains in Auschwitz, and women and children just immediately went to the gas chambers. No one was keeping track of the body count uh, the way it should have been. But, look, this this is we are Neville Chamberlain. The fact that... Uh, just like in Brussels, the first thing they do is have a candlelight vigil. If I see one more candlelight vigil, I'm going to scream. That's not the answer. Um, you know, 20 seconds of silence is not the answer. Uh, I don't have the answer. No one does. The bottom line is, and this is this is this is where it gets tough. This is really where it gets tough. I do agree with the Donald when he says we should close our borders until we figure this out. You bet your booties. Anybody who wants to come over here, whether for for work for school, for anything, who comes from a, a Muslim country that sponsors terrorism. And I'll just list a few. Yemen, Iran, Lebanon, Syria, Saudi Arabia, Egypt. Forget it. You're not coming over here. And then you go down in the Sudan and, and other places, uh, sub-Saharan countries. Anyone, any of these countries who harbor terrorism, uh, you can't come over here. That's the first thing that we should do. The second thing is we need to infiltrate the mosques 
in this country because we have no idea what is actually being preached in the mosques. And the fact that Trump said this also, that, for instance, in San Bernardino, which is, what, two hours from where I live? So that's on my doorstep, if you get my drift, that the, there was a network of people who knew what these guys were up to, this husband and wife team. They, they, they must have known. They had a, they had a bomb making factory in their house. The mother-in-law must have known. Had to have known. Someone knew. And they Absolutely. didn't report it. And they didn't yeah. say anything. And so these guys carry out their nasty deed. I'm on a site from Wikipedia. And it's, it's just incredible. You go back here, uh, 2005. And you know, there's maybe, oh, maybe 20 or not even that much, like 12, uh, attacks. And then 2006, it's last. 2007, it's last. Eight, it starts to rise. 2009, it goes back down again. Uh, 2010, it goes up. 11, it goes up. 12, eh, 13, 14 is where it really takes off. In 2014, it basically doubles from 2013, the amount of uh, jihadist attacks. In 2015, it triples that number. It is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, I'll just I'll just read a couple. December 11th, 2015, in the Tel Tamar bombings, three truck bombs by ISIS killed up to 60 people, injured more than 80 in the town of Tel Tamar. Uh, December 12th, Islamists detonated a car bomb near a hospital in central Homs. That's, of course, in Iraq. December 12th, a militant detonated his explosives in a truck at an Iraqi position near the Saudi border. Six dead, 14 injured. December 13th, Boko Haram Islamists, at least some using machetes, attacked residents of the village of Warara, Mengari, 30 killed, 20 injured. December 21st, a suicide bomber on a motorcycle uh, killed six and wounded three. And I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on. So the bottom line is, it's it's ongoing. And in 2016 already, we've already had at least 20, uh, 20 that we know about, attacks, suicide bombings. 2016, the Istanbul bombing, an ISIS suicide bomber kills 10. Uh, Jakarta attacks, five assailants killed two, and injured 24. Uh, suspected Boko Haram, uh, killing 25, injuring 62. So when, when someone like our president, with all due respect to the office and to who he is, uh, he is our president, and I do respect that office. I don't particularly agree with his opinion that Islam, that ISIS has hijacked a great religion of peace. And again, I go back to my original statement. Who is, what is the face of Islam? Is it the Taliban? Is it Boko Haram? Is it ISIS? Is it, you know, is it Osama bin Laden and, and his crew? I mean, who, where is the face of Islam? Where are the moderates? And you know, there was, there are, there are moderates out there. I actually posted several links on my blog. There are, there are Muslims who are calling for reform to stop this nonsense. There was a woman that was born in Saudi Arabia. I think she's now living uh, in one of the Gulf states. That, that's much more liberal. She doesn't wear the hijab. And, and, and she wrote a very pithy article. And in that article, she stated, well, let's reverse the tables. Let's say Christians came to Saudi Arabia and demanded that they were able to build churches in Saudi Arabia. Well, Saudi Arabia, there's not one church in Saudi Arabia. Not one. 
So we have a real duplicity here. They come over here and they build mosques, but we're not allowed to build churches in Saudi Arabia. So then she goes, well, what if these Christians came over and demanded uh, to build churches? What if Christians came over and called us infidels? What if Christians came over and said that uh, they were going to impose some sort of Christian-type law on us? And, and, and she gets it. That's exactly what's going on. When you, when you reverse the roles, what if Christians strapped bombs to themselves and, and blew themselves up in markets or in, in restaurants or whatever? And, and she's right. I mean, she really makes a very poignant case that w when you look at it that way, something is really, really wrong here. The fact yes, that the is. ideology even spawns this tells you that there's something systemically wrong about the interpretation of the Quran. I don't know what that is because I'm not a Quranic scholar, but this is where the you know people who are of the Islamic faith need to step up and call for an end to the suicide bombings, call for an end to jihad, call for an end of boycotting Israel. But I don't think we're going to see that. Uh, again, when you when we look at the mullahs in Iran. Obama makes a deal with, with the Iranians, uh, lift the sanctions. Uh, Iranians promise they're not going to do nukes. They're not supposed to fire rockets. <laughs> they get the money. The first thing that they do is they fire two rockets, testing rockets, which is in violation of the deal, as far as I know. They write on the, on the rockets, death to Israel. Now, mm -hmm. this is what we're dealing with here. And this is, this is what's crazy. So what ideology of Islam are we supposed to embrace? Show me where the moderates are. Certainly King Abdullah and Queen Raina of Jordan seem to be moderates. But King Abdullah, although he has a lot of respect in the Muslim world, he's certainly not leading any type of a reform, uh, when we, especially when we look at the Saudis who are, who are promulgating Sharia, who are promulgating a very uh, severe type of Islam. So again, until Islam decides who they are, and, and how they're going to address modernity and live in the modern world and not throw everything back to somehow 7th century jurisprudence like they do in Saudi Arabia or Iran, chop, chop, square. That's what's going on, the beheadings, the mutilations, and everything else. There's, there's got to be some kind of a, of, a, of a reform. And frankly, I don't see that happening. No, I've got a. I was a, an author by the name of Abdullah El Arabi sent me a book called "The Islamization of America: The Islamic Strategies and Christian Responses." Folks, uh, it's one of the most. Uh, it's it's a short read. It's only I think a hundred. 115 pages and uh, LA and we, we also had Bill Bill Warner on Bill, uh, yeah, politicalislam.com yep. he explained how uh, they, these people are able to get away with uh, so many things because in the text of the Quran it says they are allowed to lie uh, yes. in order to deceive you know right. to carry out their agenda and and so much more and he and he broke it down really well uh and, and explains, you know, how they come in, they infiltrate, they do so under, uh, you know, f f uh, lies and false narratives, and and uh, then they can are free to carry out whatever mission it is that they have, and um, 
Well, it's much deeper than that. But, but I, I guess, Ellie, let me ask you the question, all right? Here we are. We, we, we are supposedly a robust body of Christians. Why? Why, Ellie? Why is Islam growing at such an alarming rate? Why are, why are so many people adhering to the, uh, really the medieval doctrine of, of Islam that's, that's, uh, you know, delineated in the Quran? What's, why isn't, I, I guess, is it the vacuum of Christians? that's responsible for this or the vacuum of leadership within the body of Christ or is it something else or I mean why I think that's a very complex answer I think it's it's um, it's it's a little bit of both it's the fact that uh, Christianity has has lost its salt in many ways you know I was talking to a pastor fairly recently who stated that it only takes one generation to to lose the Christian worldview and we've seen that Uh, there's many uh, people, young people under 30 who have no idea what salvation is, who have no, have no idea why Yeshua Jesus died on the cross, why that was even necessary. Uh, we have others that don't, other uh, swaths of, of Christendom that don't believe in the miracles that we read about in the Bible. They don't believe, let's say, in the virgin birth uh, or, or many of the other miracles. Uh, they have a whole other section that, that believe that that Jesus will not return, that we are actually living in the millennial kingdom. And if that's true, good luck with that. Um, and meanwhile, of course, days of chaos, I'm, being a student of biblical prophecy, I believe that we are in the last of the last days. I believe we are rapidly closing uh, the window of time where he has got to come back. And I talked about that again at, at the Hear the Watchman conference. I just think that we're we're closer now than ever before, certainly, with what we're looking at. But also that... Islam uh, appeals to a certain uh, aspect in human nature, a component, I should say, in human nature, and that is the idea of somehow working our way to salvation. What's interesting about Islam, and when you talk to Muslims about this, and I've, I've I had dialogue with Muslims, there is no word in the Quran for love. And in the Bible we see God is love. So right away you've got a disparity. In in the biblical prophetic narrative, we are told that we can have a personal relationship with the God of the universe through his son Yeshua by the indwelling of the spirit of a living God. And for those of us who are born again and spirit-filled, we know that that's reality. What's, what's changing the face of Iran, and we talked about this in Watchers 9 when we sat down with a pastor who was only here for a very brief time in the United States. We don't know his real name. Uh, I have no idea who this guy was, what his real name is. But but he he sat down with us, and we had to disguise his face and disguise his voice and all this. And he told us that right now there's an, an incredible revival happening in Iran. Thousands and thousands of, of former Muslims are becoming Christians uh, and Jesus is appearing to people at night in dreams and visions uh, and, and showing up in their houses. And people are getting converted. There's this whole underground network of churches in Iran. And, of course, the mullahs are cracking down on it. Why? Because Christianity changes a person's heart. It changes their ideology. And that's what they're terrified of. Because they know that they can't, they can't get there. They can't get inside someone's head. Islam is, is a works trip, in my opinion. You pray five times a day. 
So that's not, that seems really religious in, in a certain aspect, right? Well, they're praying five times a day. We, we don't do that. Well, and again, in the biblical prophetic narrative, we're told to pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. And you say to yourself, well, that's impossible. Well, it is impossible, except when, when we're under the power of the Spirit of a living God. And as we go through the day, we are, we are reminded to pray here, pray for that, pray for this instance. So I find myself praying all day long. I prayed before this interview. Uh, I prayed, you know, today, basically all day long. Uh, is that without ceasing? I don't know. But I certainly pray a lot more than five times a day. So with all these different rules and, and regulations, and some people can, can point back to the Levitical law, and I understand that. And for all those out there who say that we're still under the law, well, good luck with that. If we're under the law, then live by the entire law. Then go to my friend Rabbi Glazerson, who lives under the law, and just follow in his footsteps for a day. Good luck with that. And he's he's an Orthodox rabbi. So he's he's got the uniform, his ezitzes, the hat, the beard, uh, the washings, the the ceremonial prayers, the whole deal. And that's what he does. He's an Orthodox rabbi living under the law. I'm frankly glad that I don't have to do that. Uh, I wasn't born Jewish. I'm Italian. I was raised Catholic. And when I became born again, everything changed. For those of you out there who are confused by what I'm saying, read the book of Galatians. Just read the book of Galatians. Sit down, a real short book, read the book of Galatians, and you'll see what Paul's talking about. If we're going to live under the law, then okay, I get that, but let's live under the whole law. So Yeshua, Jesus, comes, and by his sacrifice on Calvary, cleanses us from our sins. And through him, we have right standing with the real God, the God of the universe. And what's scaring the mullahs in Iran are people are being born again, just like we are here. They're being born again. The Spirit of the living God is going into their lives and changing them. And that changes their ideology. And that changes a man's heart. Look, before I became a Christian 36 years ago, I was a drug-taking, fornicating, guru-worshipping, occult-practicing pagan. And I don't say that proudly, but that's who I was. And I state that because I make no errors as to who I am or what I am. Anything I am is because of His working within me. And that's, that's the miracle of Christianity. Because when the Spirit of a living God comes into a man or woman, they begin to change from the inside. He begins to clean house. He begins to change us and mold us into the image and likeness of His Son, Jesus. And I think that change is literally on the DNA level. Don't ask me how that works, because I don't know. But all I know is it does work. It's not delusional. It's, it's something that, that's more real than the conversation that we're having now. So there needs to be a reformation in Islam. And those who are attracted to it are attracted to a system whereby they can work them their way into salvation. Just think about this, that uh, a suicide bomber is offered to 72 virgins. So that's what they're told. If you blow yourself up for Allah, if you become a martyr, uh, then that's that's one way to gain entrance into heaven. See see the disparity there? If you are a martyr, shahada in, in Arabic, if you are a martyr, then you gain entrance to heaven. That's a works trip. Where Contrast that with Christianity. That's not how it works. We gain entrance to heaven by faith in Jesus and Him alone. Believing on Him who was sent, Jesus. Believing in the work of the cross that His blood covers our sins, that's it. 
We we don't do anything for the deal except accept it. That's all we do, and then we get eternal life. We are ushered into the presence of of God, the real one. Where there's a clip I showed at here the Watchman Conference, and and again it was when uh, Mohammed Morsi was running for president of Egypt, and the Muslim Brotherhood. He was a Muslim Brotherhood candidate, and Morsi was installed. He won the election overwhelmingly, and he was installed. And of course, they they didn't know how to run the country, and there was a coup by the military. Morsi got kicked out, put in prison, and now we've got Sisi, who was a, more of a moderate guy, because the Egyptians realized they didn't want Sharia law. They don't know what they want, but they don't want Sharia. They don't want it under Morsi. However, in in the the clip I show. This very fiery imam, and again, Mr. Mr. Obama, what branch of Islam are we supposed to uh, hang our hat on? Here we have Safwad Ghazi standing in Tahrir Square in Egypt, yelling at the top of his lungs, "To Jerusalem we go, martyrs in the millions." And of course, uh, that that whole idea that martyrs in the millions, and that's they're all chanting it. Tens of thousands of people are in Tahrir Square saying in unison. Uh, I can't say the Arabic, but the translation is to Jerusalem we go, martyrs in the millions. And that's something that they prize. Even, even Muslim women in Middle Eastern countries, they, they look at their, their sons or daughters who strap bombs and, and they have shrines to these people. So the ideology has to change. And I have no clue as to how you're going to do that because that ideology starts when these kids are like, Two years old, they're indoctrinated, and, they're, and they're, they're told that this is this is life, this is what you do, and you become a martyr. This is the highest aspiration. My son, my son blew himself up. I'm so proud of him. That's insane from a, from a Western point of view, from a Western ideological viewpoint, worldview. That is the antithesis of what we believe. That's You're absolutely right. Yeah. Wow. And um, we just have a, a minute or two before the top of the hour break, L.A. But, you know, when you have a president today who came out and said that ISIS poses no existential threat to the United States <laughs> and has produced nothing, um, you know, you got to wonder. Um, you know, we know the presidents are, are mere puppets, and they follow uh, the scripts that are written for them. But at the same time, you know, we, we've seen the president call ISIS the JV team. We've seen the uh, way that we have supported them through uh, claiming they're Syrian moderate rebels, leaving the uh, equipment that we uh, gave to the uh, yeah. quote-unquote trained rebels that were left, you know, billion a billion dollars worth of equipment uh, left for ISIS to pick up. And one of our guests came on, I'm not sure who said this, but they said, you know, that it was policy, that standard, standard operating procedure, if this were to happen, when this happened, that the equipment should have been, uh, you know, destroyed, destroyed via destroyed. airstrikes. And the fact that they weren't, and, you know, they let tanks, Humvees, uh, you know, rocket launchers, and other heavy uh, weaponry to these terrorists, um, it just goes right against, right in the face of everything that, that we know uh, the government's supposed to do. Then you have a pope. Saying that this is Arab invasion of Europe is a good thing for for Europe and to bring in diversity. Yeah. At the same time, you know, there's these terrorist attacks that are devastating the different cities in Europe, uh, from Paris to you know uh, the, what we saw yesterday. Folks, we're up against the top of the hour break. Our guest is L.A. Marzuli. L.A. Marzuli dot net is his website. Uh, and uh, PPSReport.com yeah. as well. And, and if you like what you're hearing right now, here are the Watchmen DVD set. You got it. 
go to hearthewatchman.com. L.A. was a, a smash, smashing hit there uh, with all the information. I didn't. We'll be right back with right. hour number two with L.A. Marzulli right after this. Stay with us. This is the Global Star Radio Network. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to hour number two of this Wednesday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We are joined today and this hour by L.A. Marzuli, his website, lamarzuli.net, as well as ppsreport.com. That's right, um, ppsreport.com. He's working on his latest series, Watchers 10. He's the author of On the Trail of the Nephilim, which we have right here, as well as the Cosmic Chess Match, uh, one of my favorite books. And uh, we're talking about the rise of jihad, not only in the West uh, of Europe and in Europe, but also here in the United States. And, you know, we have so much that we've been, we covered in the first hour, uh, you know, the, the Syrian and Iraqi refugees that have been uh, making their way over here. And Russ Dizdar made a great point in the conference talking about, you know, all the Arab nations surrounding Syria and Iraq, how come the refugees weren't able to find a place there, you know, closer to, uh, rather than, than traveling, uh, shipping them basically to uh, the western parts of Europe and, and here in the United States. And at the same time, we have, uh, you know, Donald Trump being called a, a racist, racist, a fascist, for wanting to have some semblance of border security and He's been, you know, lambasted for it all throughout the media, but now, you know, you see the, the, uh, Ted Cruz coming out and saying, well, we're gonna have to start, uh, patrolling Muslim neighborhoods and stop the influx of, of, uh, Syrian refugees and being praised for it in the media where they, they call Donald Trump a racist. And we, we don't have to get into the political aspects of this LA, but, um, yeah, when you have an incident like Fort Hood and, and these other incidents uh, classified as, you know, workplace violence or some kind of domestic issue rather than terrorist attacks, what they were, an administration that is unwilling to identify the uh, true uh, ideology behind these attacks, which is radicalized Islam. It's basically become, you know, a racist term to even to even hint at that and as you said just imagine christians you know running around with suicide vests and and you know committing uh, uh, these acts of violence and how they would be just rightfully so demonized in the news but you know we don't see that and we're still demonized as as a, a belief system but uh where do you see this all heading especially here for america in the near future well i don't have a real real confident picture of the future um and the reason for this is Again, this goes back to a blog I wrote in 2013. We have real soft targets in this country, uh, the malls. And let, mm-hmm. let me just let me see if I can find that, that poster real quick. Yeah, here we go. Um, we've got, uh, let me see how many malls we have. There are 47,835 malls in America. 47,835 malls in America. And, look, I'm not trying to give these guys any ideas because they've already done it. 
but they're soft targets. And all you've got is, you know, the mall guy on a, on a little scooter with a, with a thing of pepper spray. It, it's a joke. Um, these guys, when, when they, when they show up and they're going to create an event, because that's what it is to them. Remember, they were, ISIS was handing out candies and celebrating yesterday, just like, uh, different parts of the Arab world, Muslim world, were dancing in the streets at the events of 9-11. So, look, malls are a soft target. Target The schools are really, for the most part, a soft target. Uh, malls, gas stations, think about this. I mean, a gas station. How many people do you have at a gas station, let's say, at, at a busy, as a, and, and people would, would, would go to a gas station and see that, gee, at 10 o'clock, seems to be the peak hour when there's like 10 cars there. So, you know, maybe you have 20, 25 people. I mean, I'm not trying to give these guys any ideas, but, you know, some suicide bomber pulls up, you know, pretends he's putting gas in the car, but he's not. He's he's putting gas, you know, on, on the ground and detonates a bomb. The whole place blows up. How many people uh, are killed? I mean, it's just, it's just non-ending. What about the guys who drive cars in, in, into crowds? I mean, in Israel... Uh, we had, we showed a clip where this crazy, crazy guy, this crazy jihadi, this radicalized guy saw a rabbi on the street and drove his car, ran him over, and then gets out. He's got a machete and he starts hacking at him. And some other guy comes up and he starts hacking on him. And finally, uh, a, a Israeli police guy just shoots the guy. And that's what we're dealing with. And I don't, I don't, it's not going to stop. Um, look, we had Paris a while back. San Bernardino, Paris shootings, uh, massacre, not shootings, massacre, and now Brussels. Uh, and, and, and Drudge Report is telling us that there's 400 jihadis through Europe who are, who are ready for a wave of bloodshed. 400 trained jihadis ready for a wave of bloodshed. So let me ask you this. How the heck are, are we going to stop them? How how are they going to stop them in Europe? How are they going to find out who the 400 are? I mean, it's it's like a needle in a haystack. It really is. So I'm I'm alarmed at what I see. I'm disturbed at what I see, and uh, I have no answers, guys. I mean, I wish I wish I did. I again going back to Donald Trump. Seal the borders, limit immigration, begin to mo- monitor the mosques. Really monitor the mosques. Um, there's there's several authors out there. Uh, I, I know I know Gil Wilders, who by the way is being uh, tried for his his uh, his ideas against Islam, is is just saying, look, you haven't seen anything yet, and he's right. I agree with him. This is only the beginning. What what is what we're seeing? It the, the whole thing is just seething. It's 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 being fueled. Uh, the ideology isn't going away, and uh, now there's talk that they're gonna ISIS is gonna crucify. Uh, a priest that they've captured on Good Friday. So while, oh, while, while Obama while Obama's out, you know, playing baseball or watching baseball games or jet setting around and taking golf vacations and everything else, and calling by the way, uh, ISIS to JV team, we are we are in really just a very very troubling period of time. You, you know, you had uh, directed, well, you had, you you had written. Um, well, your 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 uh, uh, post today 
of uh, in the aftermath of Brussels, a post from 2013. Folks, go to net. Um, wow, you know, and, and you're right. You've been warning of the coming jihad for years now. For the most part, it's fallen on deaf ears. It's coming here. We're going to see more of the attacks, Brussels-style, Paris-style. And, and, you know, while we might not have a clear, uh, while we're looking through kind of a glass darkly, we do know, in at least in my view, we know um, that the, the way is being paved that that the doors are open for a reason that the that, that well, this yeah. is not incompetence so that right. we're seeing political incompetence this is and, and gone are the days where you know armies get together on right. a field uh, to march you know toward each other to fight face to face we see this new uh, guerrilla warfare tactics being used which are much harder to uh to you know uh, to stop uh unless you have you know Information beforehand, and or as you said, LA are are doing the the proper profiling in order to understand, you know, who it is that is in our country and what you know their intentions are. But, but Joe, let me ask, let me ask LA this: LA, are are we seeing? I mean, you, be, when we look at what's taking place right now, and, and in the biblical uh, prophetic aspect of things, looking at the bigger picture here, we know we know what prophecy tells us. I mean, we we know biblical prophecy. Are, are we not seeing? I mean, the, these attacks. I, I think people have a tendency to look at the attacks like Brussels and Paris and and every other attack that you that you mentioned uh, via Wikipedia. And we know that they're on the rise. But the end game toward this one world global system of governance isn't this being managed to that end? Do you think? Well, we actually talked about that, and, and, and why we're looking at all this, the New World Order has a saying, out of chaos, order. Now, why would Merkel, why would Merkel welcome hundreds of thousands, if not upwards to a million Muslims into her country? Why would Obama insist on ramrodding 300,000 of these so-called refugees into our country? I think, and this is, I'm going to go way out on a limb here, but this is what you know, I've studied and and looked at, and you know, call me crazy. It's uh, maybe I'm wearing my tinfoil hat here. I don't know, but we know from the biblical prophetic narrative that there's going to be a one world government and a one world religious system. We know that, but that begs the question: How do we get 1.8 billion Christians, 1.4 billion Muslims, uh, uh, a, a billion Hindus, and then everybody else underneath that? All these other, you know, small little isms, whatever, to somehow come together collectively. How how is that possible? What what's the scenario that that we can create that will do that? I mean, when we look at the the absolute virulent ideology of Islamists, obviously you're not going to change it. We need an event that's going to change it. So they're creating. This is like a, a classic Hegelian dialectic. The idea of a a conflict, a counter-conflict, and a synthesis. The conflict is the war in the Middle East. The counter-conflict is the refugees. And it's all being managed and orchestrated, absolutely managed and orchestrated by the so-called leaders of the free world. 300,000 in this country, well over a million in Europe, which is changing the cultural landscape of that entire continent. So it, it is being managed and being managed very carefully. And, of course, the synthesis to this will, it will be, it can go a variety of ways. The synthesis would be exactly the opposite of what the EU is now, a lockdown 
uh, more like a, a Soviet-style lockdown. I remember reading in the 60s that in order to travel between one town and another, you had to have special passes. How long were you going to be gone? Where, you know, where, how long will you be there? Uh, how long will it take you? What's your business? I mean, it was, it was crazy. There was no freedom of movement at all. Is that what we're looking at? Is that what Jade Helm and other exercises where they shut down? See, right now I can get in my car and I can drive cross country if I want to. And there, there's no checkpoints. I can just drive. I can go anywhere in the continental United States. I want to. I could go to Miami, Florida. I could drive my car to Miami, Florida right now or, or New York, New York or get a cup of clam chowder up in Boston if I wanted to. But the bottom line is there's no restriction. What happens if all that changes? What happens if because of, of what we're looking at, they begin to close, um, these just just the simplest of, of transportation. So let's say driving into Los Angeles in the morning, that becomes a problem. Well, if if that's if you can't drive into Los Angeles, you're looking at millions of people driving into Los Angeles. How the heck is that going to work? I mean, everything shuts down. Everything shuts down. But there's another scenario, and the late David Flynn posited this years ago, and I just tag team onto it. What if there's a nuclear event in this country? Or somewhere else. What if there's a dirty bomb that goes off, uh, or an EMP, or a small nuclear device, a tactical nuke, or let's say some nutcase on a Russian uh, warship lets a couple of nukes go off? And and the bottom line is because we're wired together in ways that we've never been wired together before, with the internet, with uh, um, the satellite network, which is over. The, the basically the, the global satellite network. So information comes and moves at the speed of of live. Uh, it just it's just that quick. If the Fukushima earthquake happens, uh, we see the tidal wave come in in real time. In real time, what a two second delay. That's real time. So we're wired together. If there's a nuclear event on this planet, unlike Brussels or even Paris. That would create, I believe, the greatest climate of fear mankind has ever experienced in the history of the world, period. I mean, that's it's different than Hiroshima, because Hiroshima happened and then the stats came in, but the world was at war. And it was, it was I'm not saying it was acceptable, but it, it ended, it, it took two. Remember, they did Hiroshima and Nagasaki before the Japanese surrendered. It took two bombs before the Japanese surrendered. They didn't surrender after the first one. They kept fighting. So that that's alarming in itself. I believe that if, if a if nuke goes off somewhere on this planet, that creates the greatest climate of fear that mankind has ever experienced collectively. Would that then trigger supernatural events? In other words, would we see mile-wide motherships appear and now we get into the whole Darwinian paradigm uh, with guys like Richard Dawkins talking about panspermia, that we were created by a race of extraterrestrials and then seated here, the whole ancient alien thing on Friday nights and, and, and all this other stuff. I mean, now what? And they appear and they will tell us that we created all life on this planet. We manipulated early man. We started the world's civilizations and the world's religions. And now at this critical juncture, we've come back to give everyone a DNA upgrade and to usher mankind into a golden age. So that's that's what I'm banking on. That's what I truly believe is, in fact, the end-time scenario. Um, and with everything that's going on 
and all the research that I've done and, 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 and the books that we've created and the DVDs, the Watcher series that we've created, I just think that that's, in my opinion, that's, that's how it's going to come down. It's, it's going to be something like that. Because when they show up, everything changes. Doug and Joe, you guys know this. When they show yep. up, when they really reveal themselves, that's it. Everything is, you know, AD, after disclosure, or AA, after the arrival. However you want to say it, <laughs> that's what it is. You know, the world stops at that point, and it's my life before they showed up and my life after they showed up. And that's all every, if the church is still here, and we may be, because I believe it ties into the coming great deception that we read about in Second Thessalonians and, and the uh, uh, the apostasy, the the apostasy, the the apostasia in Greek. It's an event, and that begs the question: What causes that event? So why this is all conjecture and speculation? And I understand that. I mean, I totally understand that. It's speculation and conjecture on my part. But it's based on research and in looking at everything that's going on and keeping an eye on supernatural events and keeping an eye on uh, the alien implants that we've actually abducted, you know, taken and removed in, in, a, in, a, in a hospital or an operating room-like setting with, with medical doctors and trained personnel and all this. And we presented some of that, uh, some of that information at the Hear the Watchman conference. I mean, and, and you know, I, I looked out at the audience and people were just riveted at, 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 and with when I'm showing uh, those pictures of the operation and telling them a story and how one prayer changed the atmosphere in the room. So if that's the case, all that to get to this point, if that's the case, then all this is being orchestrated. There is a Luciferian hierarchy. We, we all know that. We believe that. Uh, all we need to do is look at Beyonce or Madonna at the Super Bowl, uh, flashing you know the Bofomet sign and all this other nonsense. It's right. in your face. That's who they worship, the God of this world. And for people that don't believe in the supernatural, well, good good luck, because that's what we're about to see. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a supernatural, biblical literalist, and I believe that the supernatural world is more real than the world we actually live in now. And I think we're very close to seeing things manifest, and uh, hopefully I'm wrong. Here's another thing uh, off the Drudge Report. Uh, one, one of the ISIS fighters, my dream is to live under Islamic caliphate in Europe. Now, how do you change that man's ideology? How do you change that man's ideology? You can't. You can't change his no. ideology. No, there's no way. I mean, as you had mentioned earlier, I mean, we, we see videos, training videos on Arabic language websites, terrorist websites, sure. that we, you know, that, that indoctrinate uh, children from infants onward. It's just ridiculous um, how this is playing out and yet you know you people are not getting this on the six o'clock news or in the evening news or any of the cable news networks la i mean um and, and it was interesting you you did what you said earlier about at here the watchman conference when you were talking and pointing things like this out and and things like the coming deception great deception people were just uh, glued to your presentation, folks. Go to hearthewatchman.com for uh, information on the DVDs and, and and such and live streaming. But and even 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 more so, go to uh, lamarzuli.net and there you can uh, uh, get all of the D or look at all of the DVDs and certainly uh, uh, Days of Chaos. Just uh, important. But bottom line is this: 
the, the body of the church is really not awakened. I don't believe, LA, that they're prepared for what's about, you know, for what's coming. The majority of people, because they're not getting this in their churches. They're not getting this in, in the media. Uh, so, so, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I kind of spread that. I, I was kind of spread out there with that, with that uh, comment. But the bottom line is, we are, we are becoming a much less intelligent, we, well, we're, we're we're being dumbed down. Meanwhile, we're devolving, devolving. Yeah, exactly. And and you and you you mentioned this too. I mean, in your face, right? All of these overt signs in your face, and they're laughing at us, La. They're laughing at our ignorance. Don't you get that? I mean, don't you feel that too? Absolutely. Uh, they they sort of count on it. I go to this little church in Malibu. It, it just started. Uh, and the only reason why I'm there, guys, I really don't care if the pastor gives me anything. I, I'm not there to meet anybody. I'm not there to do anything except raise my hands and worship the king. That's it. It's the only reason why I go. And if I get something out of it, bully for me. You know, if I walk away with the if the pastor gives me something that I can chew on for a while, wonderful. But that's not why I'm there. The only reason why I go, the only reason why I go is to honor the king, to show up, to, to worship him, and, and just to, just to say, hey, I'm here, Lord. You know, I'm, I'm giving my time to you today because, I mean, basically I worship him every day. Every, at the end of my run, when I, I do two miles, you know, three or four or five times a week, depending on how I'm feeling, at the end of the run, my hands go up. And I just sit there and just worship. I don't care who's looking. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at the Zuma Beach parking lot. Hands are up. I'm just worshiping the Lord. And, you know, it's early in the morning, so there's a couple of people around. They probably think I'm stretching or something. I don't care what they think. So church for me is every day. You know, I, I, that's just Amen. part of my life. Church for me is every day. Worshiping uh, Father God is, is just a, da a daily routine. I mean, an ongoing daily routine. Yeah. But the church, for the most part, that church that we've been at, guarantee will never, ever talk about the prophetic, the biblical prophetic message. It just won't. Um, most churches today steer clear of prophecy. So if that's true, and prophecy is about a third of the Bible, then when, when, when pastors get up, they're not teaching the entire Word of God. They're not teaching prophecy. They're not alerting their people to the tenuous, tumultuous, unprecedented times in which we find ourselves. And, of course, that's the problem. So people, there's a lot of kids, a lot of Pepperdine students that go to this little particular gathering. And, you know, I understand. I, I was young once. You know, you're looking for a wife. If you're a female, you're looking for a husband. People are, are, are pairing up, and you're thinking about careers. You're thinking about all this stuff. And, you know, they got coffee, and they got cake, and it's, it's a typical feel-good Hey, you know, it, you know what I mean? It's that whole, it's that whole thing. And, and it, it sort of drives me nuts. And, you know, I'll, I'll go this Sunday. Um, it'd be very interesting to see if this pastor, with all due respect to the man, and I like him. He's a great guy. He's got a real heart for the Lord. And I like his studies because he breaks it down. And you can tell it's just not, he's, he's done his work during the week. He's not reading somebody else's sermon. He's like, you know, working it out on his own. And this text said this and this commentary. So I really like him. I, res I respect what he, what he does and I'm, I'm all for the guy. We'll see if he mentions anything 
in regard to the Brussels massacre under, uh, other than we need to pray for the families and we'll have, you know, 30 seconds of prayer or something. And I want to call your attention to something that happened at Hear the Watchman, something that I find myself doing more and more of when I get a chance at conferences. With all due respect to, to a lot of people that go to these conferences and, you know, get everybody fired up, get all the troops all fired up and it's all emotional. Um, I had one man come up to me. It's actually several people come up to me after I spoke uh, on Saturday and tell me how wonderful it was to just sit silently in the presence of a living God, which is what we did. 850 people sat in that room and they were silent. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that He is God. And we just sat in His presence. Well, that's only the beginning. And what I what I would love to try to do if I'm invited to another Hear the Watchman conference, is to actually meet with um, the other pastors and 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 some of the elders, whatever, and have a team of people that would be able to facilitate uh, a time of watching the Spirit of a living God move through His people. Because I guarantee you, we could have gone there decently in order, not a bunch of people running around screaming, barking like dogs. It's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about... The Spirit of a living God moving through His people with either a vision which someone can share, or even if there's a, a biblical tongue, there has to be an interpretation. It's right out of the right out of Acts or First Corinthians 14, rather. It's what the early church did. It's what the early church practiced. They came with something because they had been walking with the Spirit of a living God. Today, we have what we have in, in most churches is the model. The Grand Poobah stands up, runs the meeting, and we never sit in the presence of the living God collectively, corporately. That, that The people never get to do anything. So no one ever grows because they're not practicing the gifts. They don't even know what the gifts are for the most part. So when you get 850 people like that, it can get real sloppy. That's why you have to have people trained. You've got ushers there. And if it's about you, if you're hearing something and it's about you, then that's just between you and the Lord. That's not something corporately. But maybe you have a prophecy. You know, so you stand up and you give that prophecy. And maybe one of the pastors has a... And I've seen this work. We were at a conference in, in, uh, in Knoxville last year. And that model was sort of set up. And it went right down the line. I would say at least 20 people gave a word. I started it because I had a word. I forget what it was, but I had a word. It was one of the attributes of God the Father. Okay, so that's kind of cool. But guess what? 19 or 20 or 25 other people had another attribute of God the Father. It went right down the line. And that's how he works. And so what we got was we had a, a cosmic Bible study led by the Holy Spirit giving us the attributes of a living God as Scripture, because it all came from Scripture. It all came out of God's Word. No one was making this up. These were attributes that are found in God's Word. He's faithful and true. That's an attribute, right? Long-suffering, that's, that's an attribute. You know, he cannot lie. That's an attribute. It went right down the line, and we had this incredible Bible study led by the Spirit of a living God. And see, all that's been lost for the most part. It's not practiced in the churches. So this is why we get the prophetic narrative that says, having a form of religion, but denying its power. The power comes from the people sitting in the Holy Spirit's presence. Just shut up and, and stop it. You know, you don't have to blab or say anything or do anything else. Just shut up and sit still. 
all of us, corporately, you have one guy that facilitates it. In this case, it could be me, but it could be somebody else. I don't care. But get out of the way. Get out of the way and let him let him show up. He's dying to do it, trust me. He really wants to come, but we won't let him. We won't let him. Amazing. I, I mean, that's our philosophy, I, su- I suppose. You know, when we, um, LA, we can screw up so much, Joe and I, but you know, when we shut up and get out of the way and let God do, you know, let God work and be obedient, but listen, you know, I mean, we have to listen. We fight that and and we attempt to, you know, do our carnal, um, earthly, um, I mean, obviously, you know, we, we live, in this realm, but, but we, so we have to exist and we have to certainly do things. However, and there's two parts to what you said, not to interrupt. Yeah, you, no, the, go ahead. The uh, not only reading God's word and, and uh, paying attention to His precepts and His commandments, but the obedience part, walking out the faith. It, yeah. It's a much easier said than done, and it's something that you know the Lord will refine us on throughout our walk with Him in life, and and we have to work also, uh, you know. Uh, at least be willing uh, to for that change to happen, because as you said, Dad, we are all carnal. We're all filled with human nature, which is uh, enmity to our spiritual nature. And you know, it's more than just uh, reading and praying. We have to be obedient and be the living example. But but but, Ellie, let me ask you, let me ask you a question because a lot of Christians take this approach, and this kind of drives me nuts. Help me understand this. We we you know. Um, when we say, for example, look, we have to, um, I mean, we're in this, we, we live in this world. We're, we're not of the world, but we're in the world. We exist in the world. Obviously, we are spirits with bodies. I get that. But there, there's a, a lot of Christians I've seen lately saying, well, you know, we, we must, uh, we must, um, um, well, I guess the best way to describe it is they cannot do two things at once. In other words, they want to just be nothing but uh, prayer warriors. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But it's like don't do anything earthly because, you know, we're, we're, we're part of God's kingdom. It's, it's almost an excuse for, for passiveness. I, I, I don't know. Um, it's almost as if some Christians are looking for an excuse not to occupy, and they believe occupying is a passive command. How, how do you deal with that? Well, there's there's a couple of things here. First of all, you know, when we talk about occupying, you know, there's a movement that believes that somehow that we're going to bring the kingdom here, and I, I don't believe that for one second. We're not going to bring the kingdom in, and we're not going to. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's guys I was at with this one particular conference and we, we couldn't have been more, more apart from each other, um, you know, uh, theologically. Uh, you know, he's talking about the seven mountains and we're going to take these things for Jesus and all this. And that's not what I see happening. I see exactly the opposite. However, that being said, we are supposed to push back. You know, Bonhoeffer pushed back against the ideology of the Nazis in Germany. He gave his life for that. That's pushback. The church should have stood up and said something against the gay marriage deal. The church should absolutely doodly squat. Doodly squat. 
and we allowed judicial fiat from nine people to decide what marriage was for thousands and thousands of years between a man and a woman, which is the biblical mandate. Now anybody can get, what if I, what if I want to marry my duck, my pet duck? What's wrong <laughs> with that, right? Come on, man, I'm in love. Let me marry my duck. You know, you're denying me my rights. You know, love, love wins. No, love didn't win, Mr. Obama, who lit up the White House in rainbow colors. You can't make this stuff up. The church needs to be salt and light in a world, and we have, we've lost that. And in that respect, I agree. Uh, someone, someone wrote me and says, you know, LA, you should just talk about the salvation message. Enough of this UFO and Nephilim. And I'm going, oh my gosh, you, you're clueless. You don't understand. It'll be like the days of Noah when I return. What do you think we're talking about? What do you think is manifesting? What do you think is happening here? Come on. I mean, it, it's right in, right in our faces. And so there's a balance here between Engaging and not engaging. And, you know, should we be political? Absolutely. Uh, do I believe that, that George Bush was the born-again Christian uh, guy? No, not for a second. I think we were all duped. And, and, and when I answer that, with people, I'll go, look, when you hop on an airplane, do you go up to the pilot, excuse me, sir, are you a born-again Christian? Do you believe in Jesus? No. He, the guy's an airplane pilot, and you're going to fly from point A to point B. So when you have a politician... Uh, he's managing the country. Granted, it'd be great if he had, you know, Christian Christian views, but you want someone who's, who knows what the Constitution is and who will stand for the Constitution. So it's a fine line between sitting around and doing nothing and, and just talking salvation messages and then pushing back, let's say, to the abortion holocaust. The church basically went to sleep with that, and now we've got 60 million unborn babies which have been killed, murdered, in their mother's wombs. And that's what it is. And I would even go as far as to say that it is a ritualistic, satanic offering. Uh, just, just Google what happened in Philadelphia with our good friend uh, Dr. Gosnell, who's now spending oh. multiple life sentences as he just butchered baby after baby after baby ad nauseum. I mean, this is... This is where we're at. Or go look at the Planned Parenthood videos where she's sipping wine and munching on her salad and talking about, you know, I'm careful not to crush here, but I'll crush here. It's insane. It's absolutely over-the-top insane. And the fact that the church does nothing, and I mean nothing, the fact that we meet in, in pretty much everywhere and there's no outrage and the pastors don't don't get their their, their foot soldiers, you know, give them a heads up on what's going on they're the ones that are going to have to give an answer because the pastors are the ones who are supposed to educate their flock and many of these guys well we don't want to offend anyone LA you know it's just all it's just a bunch of girly men in the in, in the pulpits it is you know, just, you know, I love it because yesterday I said, look, we don't have, this country does not have a, a problem with intolerance. We've got a, a, a problem with t too much tolerance. We tolerate too much. You know, you know, LA, we, as Christians, we outnumber them. Even with the evangelical Christian pastors, we outnumber the enemy. Why? Aren't these pastors standing up and saying, no, enough. We should be shutting down all of these charnel houses, these abortion centers. We yeah. should be saying no to, we're not going to marry, uh, we're not going to engage in uh, or facilitate uh, the sodomite uh, uh, crap that's going on. And you know what, Ellie? I'm sorry, buddy, but you can't marry your duck. You know, I mean, as much <laughs> as you like your duck, but you, you know, it ain't going to happen. 
I'm being discriminated <laughs> against. See? Yeah. Yes, you are. And, and you know what? They're weaponizing the, the legal system because, see, even by us saying this, and I truly believe this, L.A., that, that, that we, um, you know, it's going to be a very short time from now that we're that we will be cited for hate speech oh, yeah. for even exactly. talking about this. Yep. You know, in Canada, in Canada, you can't say anything against against Muslims or gays. You can't. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you wind up in jail. So there's so much for free speech. You can't say anything. It's protected now. The government has protected it. So it's coming here, folks. Yep. Well, it's in a sense it's already here, and it's the vacuum that's created by the uh, uh, by the non-performing uh, Christian pastors. And, and and we get emails saying, "Why are you so hard on Christians?" Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, the the answer should be obvious, right? I mean, seriously, we're not stepping up to the plate. I mean, men like we're you not. are. You we're know, not. But. And, and this, the education, and, and by the way, this is another thing that really gets me. When I looked, at, and folks that hear the watchman.com, you can go there and, and get the DVDs and, uh, inevitably somebody will say, well, you know, these, you know, the, uh, $75 too much, 10 DVDs. You know, it's not, the knowledge, okay, I mean, it's the knowledge, because, one thing I, I really have a hard time with is stupidity, is ignorance, hmm. willful ignorance, L.A. And i got to tell you, you've, you've done such a great job in educating the, the, the people with, from everything from, uh, from the mounds, the, you know, the, the, the Nephilim to the coming deception and all of this. If you want to live in it, blissful ignorance, then, then you're, you're the problem. You, not you, L.A., but you, that person, is the problem. And, and, and we need more people to stand up and say, come on now. Now put on your big boy pants and let's, uh, let's get educated. Let's, let's know what we're fighting against. We can pray, but let's, let's, let's fine tune our prayers to, uh, uh, to fight, you know, to pray against the, uh, the enemies that are, uh, already here and breathing down our necks. I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, look guys, if we're really in the last days, and I, I talked about this at Hear the Watchman also, that the only way out of this thing may be up. I, I could be wrong, but, and I know that, you know, people have different, different ideas about the rapture, when it is, and all these different positions. I mean, I get all that. I totally get all that. And we can argue it, you know, to the second coming, literally. And it's at some point in time, we're all going to find out how it works out, okay? All I know is that we see through the glass really darkly. I don't hold on to anything really that tightly. Uh, how many people showed up when the, the baby Jesus incarnated? Well, nobody. Nobody knew about it. Nobody was there. Oh, wait. There was a cosmic, uh, a cosmic invitation, and a couple of shepherds showed up. And that cosmic invitation, only because angels appeared to them and said, Hey, go over here. The Messiah is over here. So they have as a cosmic invitation. So I realize that even with all the prophecy in front and everything that we got, all the, all the different Bibles and interpretations and, you know, different, the text that we have, we still see through that glass darkly, dimly. We're not sure. I will say this. When we look at transhumanism, 
and how the GMO and the, and the, and the chemtrails and everything else may be changing and affecting human DNA. We are in the days of Noah. When we look at the breeding program, a so-called breeding program, which we talk about in our watches series and, of course, my books, something is going on here. Something is going on here, and it's extremely unnerving. It points back to Yeshua's words, it'll be like the days of Noah when I return. When we look at the, uh, the landscape, the geopolitical landscape, and we see uh, the war, World War III basically forming in the Middle East, it, it's, it's right there. Uh, this whole series of events, ongoing events with no end in sight, uh, where, where all these different sides, whether it's Israel or, or, or Saudi Arabia or Syria, Lebanon, everyone is building up. The Iranians are building up. The North Koreans are firing missiles. The Chinese are trying to move us off the petrodollar to the Chinese yuan. The BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, all trying again to move the U.S., the world global default currency from the U.S. petrodollar to the Chinese yuan. Look at the instability of the country. Look at the decline in the, in the dollar, the purchasing power that we have. People are talking about economic Armageddon in this country. Think about Fukushima, the radiation, which is ongoing, which they don't know where the, the reactor is. They don't know where the, the fuel rods are. They, they went missing in reactor four. It's melted down. They can't locate them. They send in robots, and guess what? The, the wiring in the robots short circuits, so they got to build a new robot, and then that doesn't work. I mean, it's a total disaster. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. Meanwhile, Oklahoma has now become the earthquake capital of the world, and they're getting stronger and stronger. Does this signal Madrid? What about the drought in California? Yes, the snowpack is up, but I have a seasonal creek. I've lived here since 1978 in the same location, okay? And that creek used to run for five to six months out of the year. That creek has not run in eight years. Eight years. This is the eighth season. It's now the end of the rainy season. Yeah, the snowpack's up. We'll see what happens. But if the water continues to decline and the Hoover Dam doesn't run, with providing all that hydroelectric power, that affects upwards of 40 million people. We talked about that in Watchers 9. Then you get, you know, the whole radical jihad, which is, which is now a global event. It's happening pretty much everywhere all across the globe. And it, and it creates this tension where people that see someone, and I, I do it, I'm at the airport and I see a woman in a full burqa and I just kind of go, ooh, what am I looking at here? How do, you know, uh -huh. is she, does she have a bomb under the burqa? That's the first thing that goes through my mind. And that's wrong. And I, I know it's wrong. But that's what goes through my head. Because how do I know? I don't know. There's no guarantee. All I keep reading about is al Akbar and people blowing themselves up. So we've got radical jihad, which is a global, um, a global problem, which is not going away. Uh, you've got this nation against nation, which of course comes from the biblical narrative, which says at the end times, wars, rumors of wars, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, that's ethnicity against ethnicity. Look at the racial tension in our country. Look at the Chicago, which is basically the murder capital of the United States. Every weekend, you know, it, it's black on black crime. It's insane. Then you add the abortion holocaust where 60 million or 1 billion babies, 1 billion with the be the mind reels. I can't even imagine that. I can't get my head around it. It makes no sense. Look, under Stalin, what, 65, 70, 75 million, which I have trouble getting my head around. I can't imagine that either. Died in the gulags, according to Alexander Solzhenitsyn. So, okay, the, you know, the gulag archipelago, I get all that. But now we're looking at one billion, one billion. I mean, that's like a seventh of the world's entire population since Roe v. Wade completely gone, completely gone. There's a blood curse on the land. 
a blood curse on the land. Record drought, record heat, record flooding, record tornadoes, record snowfalls, record rainfalls. The whole place is absolutely wacky, in my opinion. And it's all firing all at the same time, and you can't put a Band-Aid on it. You can't sit in the pew for 45 minutes, shoot out a quick prayer, and think you're going to be okay. We are living in absolute un unprecedented times. I've never seen anything like it. And, you know, when I talk about all this stuff, people get freaked out. Oh, hey, you know, you're just a doom and gloomer. Okay, where am I going wrong? My friend, <laughs> you're, you're an ostrich person because you've got your head in the sand and you won't even deal with the stuff that's going on. You're afraid to look at it. You're afraid to go on the Internet and look at stuff like Breitbart of a Drudge Report or RT or any of the, you know, myriad of sites that I go to on a daily basis, gleaning information. It, it's out there, and it's not going away, and it ain't getting any better. Not at all. And, and it, it's, you know, I, I'm so tired of people who say, well, this is doom porn, fear porn. You're just yeah, doing exactly. this to sell gold and silver, whatever. Yeah, sure doom, doom you can't handle until, the truth. Doom porn until, you know, uh, uh, something explodes in your city. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, and you know, LA, uh, I, well, man. We got about uh, 10 minutes left. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I am not going <laughs> to, uh, I'm not going to go on a rant here because I, it, it just, it, it, except to say this, all right, we are living, it, it, to me, it, it, as you, it's so well stated, it, this, it, days of Noah. I mean, um, look yeah. around. You know, and and you point this out in, the, in your Watchers series. But by the way, Watchers ten coming out. But if if somebody just if you would recommend one thing on your website um, that people you know would uh, should get a hold of now, considering the times, what would it be? Would it be Days of Chaos? Would it? Uh, you know, what would you say? Or, or wait for Watchers ten? What do you think? Well, I mean, certainly Watchers nine day, Days of Chaos. Um, I think, and, and the book Days of Chaos, you know, you, you, you watch the video, you read the book, you're not asleep anymore. You can't possibly be asleep anymore after those two, um, after you look at those two offerings. Uh, it's going to wake people up. It will make an ostrich person, the head comes out of the sand, they go, oh my gosh, this is, I didn't realize it was this bad. But I'm not making this stuff up. I mean, I wish I was. And that's the whole point of the book Days of Chaos, is I uh, chronicle it's eight years of blog posts with lots of interviews and interspersed with like uh, author's sidebar where I extrapolate or, or weigh in on a, a particular subject or go back and talk about a blog that was written six or seven years ago. And what it does is it chronicles and it shows that there's everything is accelerating. You look at the volcanic activity. You look at the look at the earthquake activity. It's, everything is spiking. Everything is on the rise, and it ain't going away. It's not getting any better. You know, it's funny when when I when I took the stage, I hear the watchman. I asked, how many folks here believe that, it's, that the world has become better in the last 16 years? Not one hand went up. Not one. Not one hand was raised. I couldn't believe it. I, mean, I couldn't believe it. So people know instinctively that things are wrong. So, look, if you're interested in this stuff, look, if I was a millionaire, I'd be giving this stuff away, but I'm not. And when you purchase our books or our DVDs, it allows us to keep the lights on, to, and all I'm, I'm working on, we're working on Watchers 10, Richard Shaw and I are working on Watchers 10. We're working on our new TV show. We're working on the new book, Nephilim Hybrids. I mean, it's all constant research, constant information and content. But you gotta charge something for it, otherwise you're working for free. And all you folks out there that have jobs, 
you're getting paid for your job. Well, this is what we do. So by supporting us by buying Days of Chaos or Watchers 9, you're helping out. But you're arming yourself with vital information. There's no doubt about that. I guarantee it. You sit down and you want Watchers 9, you'll go, I had no idea. We show this one picture, and I, I showed it at Here the Watchmen, where as a wedding party in Gaza. Hamas controls Gaza. Hamas comes up with submachine guns and kills everybody in the wedding party because they're playing music. Yes. You don't see you don't see that on the six o'clock news. And that type of ideology is what we're up against. Where is the real face of Islam? Is it Hezbollah? Is it Hamas? Right back to the beginning. Is it ISIS? Is it Saudi Arabia? Is it Iran? Is it Pakistan? Where is it? Show it to me. Show me the real Islam. Show me the real religion of peace. Because in every single one of those countries I just named, we see atrocities ongoing all day long. Amen. I mean, you're exactly right. And so in everything right now on on cable news, it's all about the. It doesn't matter where you are. It's twenty four seven election news. I mean, yeah, shaping perceptions. Well, there you go. Election news. There you go. And, and and we're just kind of stuck in this in this consistent. I don't know this hamster wheel of this news. This, the news cycle is just nothing more than a hamster wheel. And, and really, now, L.A. News has become entertainment. And, and in a way, entertainment is offering more news than the, than the news is. It, it's it's upside down and backwards. Um, and when I say that, because there is some predictive programming, I believe. And, and, you, and you point some of this stuff out as well um, within entertainment. And, and there's, I, I, I don't know. It, it, I, I look out over the, over the landscape. Looking at what we're dealing with at a cruising altitude view, and 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 I see days of chaos. You know, just like just like your your um, <laughs> just like your watchers not. I mean, days of chaos. It's here. It's among. I mean, the enemy is among us. Uh, closing out here. We got about uh, seven minutes left. Uh, hit anything that uh, hit anything that that we haven't covered that you think is important to cover, Ellie. Well, um, you know, we, we talked about in the very beginning the idea of, of which branch of Islam, where is the religion of peace? And I wish Mr. Obama would show me that. I wish I wish someone would, would educate Americans on on wh- where you know where the moderates are. Uh, it, it's interesting. Again, I, I I went to a to one of the websites that I visited. It's called Truth Revolt, and it was it was very interesting because. There are American Muslims who are stating that that they love America, and I get that, but they are certainly in the minority, and and we need to hear their voices. We definitely need to hear their voices. Um, you know, we have the same ideology as mainstream Americans. You guys need to stand up and shout it from the rooftops, and uh, hope hopefully that's true. I, I'd really like to believe that. I have look. I have no no axe to grind with anybody, and I, I take people. On a one-to-one basis, you know, that's it for me. If you're in a burqa or a hijab, that makes no difference to me at all. If you're an Orthodox rabbi, that difference, there is no difference. Uh, all I'm saying is you're just a human being, and that's how I look at you. Uh, you know, you've got a costume on. That's just the way I view it. That's my worldview. You have a costume on, and that costume, you know, shows me who you are. That's fine. But I don't know what you're like. I have no idea who you are. How can I possibly judge or make a determination until I sit down and talk with you? 
And after a period of time, then I can make a, a judgment whether you're who you are or, you know, you're, you're peaceful or you love people or you've got prejudices or, you know, it's the only way I'd be able to tell. So it's case by case. We can't knee jerk. We need to be in prayer. But we also need to understand that we are, unless someone comes up with a way, and there is no way that I'm aware of, to somehow weed out the radicals from those who aren't, um, we are in really, we're, we're in for big problems. Because it's not going away. Uh, more and more mosques are being built in America. Uh, right now, I think Muslims are like, I think, 2 or 3% of the population. Uh, they're, they're now closing in on those who were Jewish. So they're still way, way down there. But why is it that uh, these same people, and for, for instance, care, uh, talking for Donald Trump to withdraw from the presidency. Uh, and CARE, of course, is the anagram for Council of American Islamic Relations. That's what CARE stands for. And calling him to uh, renounce his candidacy because he was talking about closing some of the mosques and, and stopping immigration. And I frankly, I agree with the Donald. we got to be able to sort this thing out. We can't be stupid. We, we can't be like the Europeans were, where multiculti and everything else and have another candlelight vigil. Candlelight vigils are not going to solve the problem here. Uh, that's just nonsense. I'm so done with the candlelight vigil and the 32nd, you know, <laughs> moment of silence where no one evokes the God of the Bible. I'm sick of it. I don't want any part of it. But we've got to stand up. God of the Bible. Yes. Sorry. We got to, no, we just got to stand up and, and say no to some of these things. And I already outlined that. Any country that is practicing jihad or anti-Israel sediments, they can't come here. They can't come here. And that's, that's what you gotta do. And you gotta infiltrate the mosque and monitor them. Any mosque which is talking about Sharia or, or jihad or radicalizing their people, you just, you know, they just can't be here. Go back to your own country if that's what you wanna do. That's a, you're exactly right. L.A., you've been generous with your time. Here, the Watchman was, uh, you just did a fantastic presentation. Thank and, you. And frankly, I gotta tell you, folks, uh, I would, uh, seriously, I'd get the DVD set just to hear L.A. and watch L.A., his presentation. Again, the slides, the information. Uh, my wife was just in awe of, of your presentation. So was my daughter. Uh, so was I. You know, we were, we all were. And you did such a great job in laying everything out. Um, I just want to say thank you for your work product, your, your involvement with Here the Watchman, your, um, and, and just for everything you've done and, and even for your generosity tonight for this show. I just say, God bless you, my friend. And, and I know you got a busy schedule. You're going to be in April, uh, uh, this April, you're going to be in uh, the Faith Fellowship Church at a, at a conference, right, or giving a uh, talk, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, all right. That's yeah, definitely looking forward to that. That 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 should be really good. Fantastic. A- anything before that? Any where can we catch you before that? Uh, or- let me go to the blog here and then see what we got. Give me a second. Um, I am. Oh, I thought it was here. Hmm. Hold on. Give me a second. Yeah, sure. I'm. 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 I'm in North Carolina. Um, and then uh, after that, it's up in Indiana for a conference okay. up there. And right. folks, go to lamarzuli.net. That's lamarzuli.net. Also, 
uh, ppsreport.com, ppsreport.com. L.A., thank you so much for your time tonight. Uh, again, it was a pleasure spending time with you this weekend. Hey, guys, and thank you. Thank you for doing what you do. God bless you. Appreciate it. All right, brother. That was L.A. Marzulli. Again, lamarzulli.net, ppsreport.com. Check out his book, uh, On the Trail of the Nephilim, and his latest uh, uh, DVD, The Watcher's 10 series. That's coming, coming out, out yeah. this summer. We'll be right back. Stay with us. This is the Global Star Radio Network. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our third and final hour on this Wednesday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. If you joined us late, L.A. Marzulli was our guest for the first two hours of the show, and that just flew by. Um, you know, we covered a lot uh, from the rise of jihad, uh, as the title shows, the uh, situations that we're seeing play out more and more often here in the news, the uh, cowardly suicide bombings and other attacks from the Paris attack to uh, what happened yesterday in uh, Brussels. And, you know, this is going to continue. We yep. see this, uh, you know, they're uh, all throughout Western Europe. They're, they're uh, herding in these, these Iraqi and Syrian refugees. And, well, they're, they're, they're and, not just Iraq and Syrian. No, know. no, yeah, hidden amongst them yes. are these terror cells who <clears throat> had no intent of assimilating only for the purpose of carrying out violence and atrocities such as what we saw yesterday. Yeah, you, you know what? Um, we've got a lot to talk about in this final hour. Before we do, folks, i got to tell you about a special, just a great website. That's nuts.com, nuts.com. That's right, as in we're nuts, right? N-U-T-S, nuts.com. With the microphone code HH, folks, here's what you do. Go to nuts.com, N-U-T-S.com, in the microphone box. Put HH for Hagman and Hagman. There, it'll take you to our page, and it'll say, Hello there, Hagman and Hagman listener. Thank you for visiting our nutty family, actually, with a bunch of nuts hanging out. Um, kind of looks like Joe and, and I and Derek and, you know, anyway. All right. But, but, but he, there's a very special deal for our listeners. You could, you get to choose four free gifts on the page and, and, and there's so many to choose from. You order twenty five dollars worth of, of nuts and snacks and, and you can easily do that because the it the, the I mean dried organic mango. Do you need I say more? Organic trail mix, berry mix. Uh, man, there's so much. There's coffees and baking uh uh baking components uh, uh so many roasted Salted cashews. I mean, any kind of nut, basically dried fruit, and they're very well. They, uh, you know, if you've got dietary restrictions, of course, they can. Uh, they've got things like gluten-free uh, snacks, healthy snacks, uh, s- some of the raw snacks, organic snacks, sugar-free. If, if perhaps you're a diabetic, I mean, but over. Hundreds of flavors of coffee and teas, 
cooking and baking goods, chocolates and sweets. I mean, I can go on and on. But but here's the deal. And, and we all snack. We all get hungry during the day. Why not make it nutritious, right? So go to nuts.com, in the microphone box, put HH there. Choose your four free gifts. Add another $25 worth of goodies to your cart and place your order. And I guarantee you which what, what will come to your door and, and the box is great because it's got all kinds of cool jokes and writing on it i mean even the uh, uh even when it's delivered the delivery person will, will have a good laugh with you because it's, it's just it's fun to get to but um the bottom line here nuts.com microphone code hh for your for your special free gifts it really it's a great company it's a family-owned company they've been in business uh, now since 1929, Jeff, the owner, had a, a, a chance to talk with him, the head nut there, very conscientious about quality control. We have never ordered a product that we were dissatisfied with. Let me rephrase that. Everything that we've received from nuts.com has exceeded our expectations in quality and taste. It's just fantastic. We have nuts.com around the office. We snack on this. From veggie chips to berry mix to even the supreme roasted uh, mixed nuts. And oh, you gotta try the southern heat mix, man. Southern heat mix. Fantastic. Oh, 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 dark chocolate covered almonds. Am I making you hungry yet? The mixed fruit. Delicious. You like, oh, one more thing. Do you like malted milk balls? The ultimate, they've got the ultimate. Malt milk balls. You'll ever taste them. The best you'll ever taste. That's nuts.com, microphone code HH and hurry. Go there. Go there tonight. Nuts.com, microphone code HH for your four free gifts with your purchase. Joe, I, I, before we get into the, um, uh, into the actual news about the terrorist attacks, we know pretty much what's we know that jihad is coming to this country. We know that. But you know what I found today? Okay. Um, remember we had the situation in, in Texas when we went to hear the Washington Conference. Right before that, they, they changed the law where, for example, um, they tightened up the laws in terms of concealed carry and open carry. The, For example, where we stayed. It said, you cannot carry a concealed weapon in there. Because they, they will, I mean, it was against the law. Or, or open carry a weapon in there. And, and they've tightened up some things in, in Texas, no less, right? And we were kind of questioning ourselves. Or questioning, questioning about this. But here's what I found. And, and I thought this was just amazing. The, um, this by author Mark Chestnut. Okay. All right. Murder rises in another gun control poster city. Now, folks, you know the argument by the progressive Marxists, the people that want to take our guns away from us, restrict our rights. Obviously, we need more laws. Even even um, Biden said we need to enact more laws because we can't. We don't have time to enforce the ones we already have. That's that's kind of I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what he said. How much sense does that make? But the murder, riot, murder, murders, plural, rise in another gun control poster city. I just want to cite from this this article written by uh, Mark Chestnut. Okay, here's what here's what he says. 
He asked the questions first. Why is it that cities with the most restrictive gun control laws seem to now have the fastest growing murder rates? And why, when these murder rates begin to skyrocket out of control, do city officials seem to believe that the only possible way to curtail rampant violence is by instituting further restrictions that only affect law-abiding gun owners? Because what is it, Joe, I'll ask you, what is it in the minds of, we'll say, uh, the owner of a hotel, for example, what's going through their mind, or, or the city official that says you can't carry guns here, 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 or the state restricting the, your ability to carry a concealed weapon? What the wiring in their in their thought process? What's I can tell you. Okay, um, what what what, what remember, is it? Remember when we worked as as private investigators and, and after nine eleven and. You know, when we were doing the, the, uh, eight hours to get to start working and spending, you know, weeks at a time out of town, we would get into these, uh, debates over, you know, President Bush's policies. Right. The New World Order, chemtrails, all these different things. And I saw things from a certain perception as I was, uh, you know, coming, becoming more alert or the Lord was taking the scales away from my eyes. And showing me things, and as I was sharing them with you, you had a different opinion of, of those. And then That's your right. opinions in certain areas have changed since then. Um, you know, to where the Lord has opened your eyes to some things that you, uh, you know, spoke against and, and didn't believe in the beginning. And this goes back to you know a question that was posed to us on at the conference by a young lady. You know, how do I um, basically fill the void? My family thinks I'm in a cult because I, you know, I believe uh, in Jesus and, and follow that a certain way, and right, um, <laughs> you know, listen to your show and whatnot. Uh, unfortunately, uh, as Pastor Langford so eloquently pointed out in his sermon on Sunday in Revelation, and I think it's in 19, it talks about well, God puts it in their hearts to fulfill His will, um, and He said you can look at that one of two ways. It's either uh, God's putting something in man's heart to fulfill God's will uh, in a, in a, a way that his soul is saved, or God's putting it, uh, pouring out a spirit of blindness to those whose minds are already turned over uh, to sin and against the truth. Uh, well, well, yeah, yeah, I, I get all minds, that. I guess they they think they're doing right because <laughs> what they're doing is right in their own mind. But we, but but see, here's the thing. We have statistics. We have numbers that show that they are dead wrong. Well, right. And okay. it doesn't matter. See, the, the facts are irrelevant. And, and the truth is, uh, as you said uh, a few weeks ago, is uh, subjective. Well, okay. But, but, uh, but, 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 so these people think they are doing something that is going to help, regardless of the facts, regardless, for some reason, they have the belief in their mind, either something that was told to them or, you know, they heard and uh, obviously had not done the, the, the research into the crime statistics, into the facts of the matter, and their belief system, for whatever reason, is the way it is, but they believe it is the proper or moral or right thing to do. Uh, you know, obviously, gun-free zones are where more gun violence takes place. Exactly, uh, because we're all sitting ducks. You walk into, and and I, I do, look, I, I will not, if a store has a sign that says, you know, uh, you can't carry your weapon in here, basically, okay, because the store owners have that, 
the, the store owners have that that uh, what the option to do that. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna frequent their store. I want to bankrupt. I, I'm gonna boycott that store. What if be, I didn't see the sign? Be, we, it, okay, if it's properly posted, and and you know we got Same. into this. Yeah, um, look. Uh, the, the Los Angeles, the murder rate is up 27.5% so far this year. The question asked by Mark Chestnut uh, is this. Will city officials target criminals or lawful citizens? All right. Now, lawful not, citizens. Exactly. And, and the, the bigger picture is to disarm every American. And if you're listening to this and you're not an American, whatever country, whether it's Canada or, uh, in fact, somebody listening in Ireland right now, God bless you for, for listening. Um, again, well, Mark Tesla writes that, that he recently detailed how the murder rate in Chicago, for example, a city with extremely tight gun laws, is spiraling higher every day. Now, Chicago, talk about a liberal haven. And Rahm Emanuel. When I, when I, by the way, when we were in Chicago, man, I, 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 I wanted to shower and get the, to get the progressive Marxist liberal dirt off of me. And you know, the, Chicago is very notorious, one of the restrictest cities, gun-free zones all over the place, a gun-free city. But then Rahm Emanuel uses the excuse that they can go, well, most people just go outside the city limits. This is why we need a statewide ban on on guns and statewide gun-free exactly. zones. Exactly. And pretty soon they're going to have a national ban. And see, this is what is coming. This is part of the, and Dave Hodges talks about this. God bless that man. And people make fun of him. And, and Steve Quayle talks about this and, and people take him to task. You know, it, 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 what, what, isn't it happening fast enough for you? Those people who say, well, that's all fear porn and, and you know, it hasn't happened yet. And, uh, what? It's not happening fast enough for you. Is that the problem? Like you talked about the definition of a watchman. It came up this weekend also at the conference. What yes. is the definition yes. of a watchman? Just like it says in the Bible that all who believe in Jesus are to be ministers of his word unto the world. Uh, a watchman is somebody, uh, you know, it's nothing special. It's not, it's not a, has nothing to do with being a prophet, has nothing to do other than basically like a Paul Revere type thing, sitting on the wall. You see danger coming and you warn the people. That is your duty. If you see danger coming and warn of that danger, you are a watchman. Yeah, well, exactly. Meanwhile, a lot of nitwits are out there arguing about the definition of a watchman while the house is burning down, while right. the enemy has bre- breached the the gate, uh, breached the wall, while the enemy walks among us. You're well, busy arguing what a watchman is. Go ahead. Stay arguing. Go ahead. If that's what you want to do, do it. And meanwhile, we're going to be sounding the alarm bells. And kind of switching gears here, um, you said something yesterday that I just found on Breitbart.com uh, that it's a point made in an article from today. And you pointed this out yesterday. Robert Jeff, uh, Jeffress, pastor of a 12,000-member First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, is rebuking talk show host Glenn Beck for his recent criticism of evangelical Christians who live in the South and are not supporting... Senator Ted Cruz. Oh, I talked to Steve Quayle about this today. Go Listen ahead. to what they say. It says, although the South and the evangelicals are not listening to their God, Beck said at a rally in Utah Monday, Beck's wacko comments speaks for itself. Uh, Jeff Rest tells Breitbart News. However, by using the phrase their God to refer to the God we evangelical Christians worship, Beck is finally admitting that the true God of the Bible is different than the God of the Book of Mormon. There you go. Enough said. 
We don't worship the same God. He just admitted it. Yep, and he even gives accolades to Beck, saying um, that... uh, Here, where is it? He says, says, however, uh, yeah, referring... I congratulate Beck for his honesty in differentiating between the two. (laughs) Jeffress added. However, I'm somewhat puzzled that Beck claims to know how the God Christians worship would vote in the Republican primaries. Uh, Beck, a Mormon, has endorsed Cruz and has spoken on his behalf numerous rallies around the country. One prominent academic who specializes in American religion takes exception to Beck's comments as well. Assuming that Mr. Beck is referring to evangelicals who vote for Trump, I would make a distinction that Beck does not. A Bible certainly offers principles on how to think about government and politics. The Bible does not, however, tell us which individual candidates to vote for. Dr. Thomas S. Kidd, a distinguished professor in history and associate director for the Institute of Studies at Religious at Baylor University in Waco, Texas, tells Breitbart News. Right. Well, all of this together, you know, we look we look at, um, we kind of got off on the tangents there with uh, Cruz and Beck, but... Uh, I just want just just briefly allow me to go back to what I was talking about here, and then we can go back to uh, uh, the the use of their God, okay, in the Beck statement, because I've been getting a lot of emails from uh, supporters of Glenn Beck saying, well, he uh, about this, the stabbing statement, okay, saying that I'm a fool, I'm a fool for uh, believing that that was meant. For um, for no, I'm a fool for believing that it was meant for oh. uh, Trump. You know, people say yeah, yeah. He, he, it was taken out of the context. Okay, and, and a few of right. the emails, I'll, I'll say, you know, were were listeners who had the right intention. You know, the kind-hearted emails trying to explain. Some were kind-hearted. Yeah. Some were well, the ones some I called read, me a fool. Yeah, I, I, and, I, and I understand that. Look, you know. Uh, wow. All right. L- let me just get through this gun control thing because this is where we're headed right now. If you don't think for one second that they're going to take your guns away, as Steve Quayle said. Or get um, to a point where it's not going to matter if you have guns or it, not it, from what they do. Pr- pretty much, do yeah. Pr- you're exactly right because we're fighting. We are going to be fighting. Uh, and Rust is our, every one of the watchmen, every one of the people that hear the watchman conference will be on our show. Um so you know, hang hang tight because you're going to be hearing a lot of stuff. And then, then thank you, Mike and Jeannie, for for uh, making them available. But having said that, look, the uh, murder rate in, in Chicago, a city with just extraordinarily tight gun laws, is growing higher every day. Through the last week of February, the city had recorded 95 homicides since the beginning of 2016, a troubling increase compared to the 47 the same time in 2015. The Chicago Tribune reported the number of people shot had more than doubled with, with about 420 victims through the 26th of February compared to 193 during the same time last year. So now a report from L.A. shows that the murder in that gun control poster city, this according to, again, Mark Chestnut, uh, they're up a whopping 27.5% from this time last year. And double-digit increases in robbery and aggravated assaults uh, accompany the rise of murders. So what's the solution to such out-of-control violence largely perpetuated by young gangbangers fighting over drugs and turf? Well, like Chicago. Much of the murder increase is related to street gangs. But, but So what's the solution for such out-of-control violence? To California officials... The logical restriction, the law, or the logical solution, of course, is more restriction, more restrictive gun control laws. This Gavin Newsom, 
the lieutenant governor, is pushing a package of restrictions and a ballot initiative. He wants to throw out there in November. And he, 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 he consider this, okay? Consider this. Now, folks, think about this. Because this, if it's not already in your state, it's coming to your state. One proposal would ban possession of and confiscate. See the word confiscate there? See, people say, oh, it's not. It's just about registration. They're not going to confiscate. No, they're going to confiscate hundreds of thousands of lawfully possessed magazines capable of holding more than 10 rounds. Why would you need more than 10 rounds to hunt quail or duck <laughs> or deer or, duck, you know, geese or whatever you hunt, cows? When they, look, uh, you and know what, I don't it's hunt. It's not the point. I don't hunt, but it's when they the put point. When if I wanna, cows in the season, I'm going to. If I want to go hunting with 100,000 rounds, you doggone right. I will. The second, See, clearly these people, these politicians don't understand what the Second Amendment is all about. The Second Amendment has nothing to do with hunting. The Second Amendment has nothing to do with... The Second Amendment is there to protect every other uh, liberty that we have, including the First Amendment. And we're about ready to lose the First Amendment. You know why? Well, because the Constitution doesn't Okay, take a breath. Take a breath. Yeah, Doug. All right, but but see, this Gavin Newsom says, okay, you can't you can't have any magazines over ten rounds. So okay, really, that's your that's your solution. Why, why would a person who owns a gun, to specifically to rob, to rape, to kill, even care about such restrictions? It's already illegal for them to possess a firearm. They could care less about another magazine limit, another proposal to require licensing of all ammunition vendors. This is coming. Oh, it's a backdoor gun control. Don't uh, folks don't fall for this. Um, Newsom also wants to require ammunition buyers to undergo a background check before they can purchase any ammunition. So you, here's the deal in California. Here's what Newsom wants to do. You walk into a Walmart. You want to buy. See that the 22 long rifle shells there. You want to go plinking with. I'm gonna have to do a background check on you. So now you got uh, uh, Walmart uh, people um, uh, doing uh, you know background checks. Really? Okay. Lastly, in Newsom's Newsom's proposal, that would turn law-abiding citizens into criminals, and that show that's what they want to do. They want to turn us into criminals. You see, lastly, 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 here it is. Should they fail to report, let's say, let's say someone steals your firearm or you're, you're lost it. Sometimes, okay, if I know people who have. Who've had armed uh, weapons, uh, pistols from World War II, um, in their home, and through a couple of moves, you know, all of a sudden, where is it? I don't know. But you lose it, for example. You fail to to, to report of uh, stolen or lost firearms to the police within this uh, short time period. You're going to jail, fella. You are going to jail. You are now a felon. All right. So the answer to politicians is um, is more laws, you know, and and rights. God bless this man, Mark Chestnut. Through a deliberate lack of prosecution, Obama has made America a sanctuary nation for felons, criminal gangbangers, drug dealers, repeat offenders, and illegal aliens. Or I'm sorry, that, that statement is from uh, Wayne LaPierre, NRA Executive Vice President, basically uh, disallowing us to fight back. 
Okay, so, you know, the NRA in this case, and regardless of what you think of the NRA, they are, are pushing back on, on insane laws like this. And the, and the reason I get fired up about this, and people say, oh, calm down. Um, the reason I get fired up about this is we are fast. Can I speak for a couple of minutes? Yeah, you go ahead. Something? Okay. All right. I, I want people to know something. And what, where's the camera? Right there. Okay. I want people to know something. The alternative media is is, is under assault. You heard about here the watchmen being in the conference, the speakers uh, being targets. When I say targets, I, I don't necessarily mean, you know, bullet targets or whatever, but targets. There are people out there who are attempting to shut us up. And, and you might think, well, okay, that would be the liberal progressive Marxist people that want to shut us up. The Hillary supporters, for example, or the supporters of Bernie Sanders, the people who don't want, don't like liberty. Do you know who our biggest enemy is, folks? Ourselves. Well, that's in a sense, yes. Our biggest enemy, the people who want to shut up the the alternative media, the new media, the the, the new media, the real media, and please listen and understand this carefully. The real people who are attempting to shut us up and shut us down. That's an interesting. <laughs> shut us up and shut us down. That's kind of interesting. All right. Those people are some of the, are, are self-professed Christians. Yes, you heard me right. Self-professed Christians who say that we are dealing in fear. We are dealing, we are profiting from fear. That we are profiting, period. Jealousy and envy is a big is a big deal for these people. They have no clue the expenses that we have. They see, okay, well, they must be doing good because they've they've got a studio. They've got equipment. They they've got a producer. They've got a tech, Eric the Tech, who's fantastic. But they're saying, oh, you shouldn't profit. So we are going to, what we're going to do is we're going to start these blogs. We are going to infiltrate the social media. We're going to tell people that this is not Christianity. You're not preaching Christianity, or if, if you are, you're, 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 you're preaching the wrong Christianity. I'm not talking about prosperity gospel. I'm not talking about the, the, you know, prosperity Christian, uh, positive Christianity. No. I'm talking about people who are deliberately attempting to shut us down through litigation, through complaints to uh, sponsors, through malicious and absolutely fabricated um, postings on social media, infiltration. That's how they're trying to shut us down. And it's the self-proclaimed, self-professed Christians who are doing it more so than the Marxist, progressive, liberal idiots out there. Yeah, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to shut us down. They're trying to shut Rick Wiles down. They're trying to shut down the watchmen. 
They're trying to cause division and doing a great job of it. Many of y'all are falling into that. And we've seen this happen. I'd gladly pass a mantle of this information uh, platform. I know what Steve Quayle has gone through now. People say, oh, well, Steve Quayle, you know, he complains and complains about, about the Christians. I know why now. <laughs> oh, man, I know why now. I was talking to him this morning. By the way, thank you for praying for him. Um, he is feeling better. Just, it's just incredible, you know, the pneumonia, respiratory ailments that he has. Thank you so much for praying for him. He is feeling better. I spoke with him this morning. By the way, Pastor Langford, I believe, and Steve Quayle uh, together will be on Monday night. But, but I guess my point is this. Those people who are doing the, the most damage to the body of Christ, those people who are doing the most damage to the people who are attempting to get the truth out there, have breached the gates, have painted themselves as Christians, have described themselves as, as Christians, as the proper Christians, and have spread such malicious, such hateful information. Maybe, you know what, I don't want to be out of line by saying this. I, re- I really don't. But you know what we're trying to do here is we're, what we're, it's real simple. All we're trying to do is give you the ammunition, bring guests forward to give you the ammunition to, to, to be more educated, to have more information, to understand, to understand and, and to recognize deceit when you see it. Because there will be so many people that we're, that are going to be deceived. And it breaks my heart. It, it it really does. And look, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a minister. We don't have a ministry. This is not a ministry. I'm the I'm probably the one of the worst examples of Christians you can be. Just ask my wife and my daughter, and it's us, Joe. I'm not throwing stones here. <laughs> you know, but but let me tell you something. We are right now, please listen to me. We cannot afford to fight one another. We can't afford, we can't afford to do anything except keep our eyes forward identify the enemy inform the populace save as many people as we possibly can in whatever way that God allows us God has given us this platform why I don't know he could have man he was digging at the bottom of the barrel when he did maybe it's just because we showed up maybe it's because we said okay I I don't know why because I stutter and I stammer. I don't finish sentences. I don't finish complete thoughts. I had somebody write 
write an email to me and said, why don't you just stick to writing books and articles? You're, you're a lot better at that. I'll give you that. But you really suck at, communi- at verbal communication skills. I could show you the email. And you know what? That person's right. That person's right. But here's the deal. We're in the battle for our lives right now. And it's not our earthly lives. We're in the battle for our, for souls. And this is a message to those of you who want to continue to attempt to take us down. If that's what you've decided to do, if that's what you want to do, if that's how you want to spend your time, when I was on my knees, and yeah, I, I do go on my knees, I don't. I don't get visions. I don't get. You know, Steve says God talks in the shower. I got to take more showers, apparently. But here's what God I was. God speaks to me usually, and well, here's what I at times on the way home and right, drive home, right. or, and it's not an audible voice. It's, right, it's more of an internal. Um, well, well, here's the message imparted to me. Everyone is going to be accountable for their time. Mm-hmm for their efforts and all I know is I want to be I, I want God to I, when, 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 when I'm before God almighty God I want him to say well done or hey you know what you screwed up a lot but you're in the game coach Dave Dobbenmeyer oh, America's coach pastor David Langford America's pastor in my view at least you were in the game. And each and every one of you out there, you've got a choice to make how to spend your time. You want to spend your time tearing other people down? You're going to be accountable for that. And, and tearing people down, we have to make the distinction because um, it's one thing for somebody to, to do something that's wrong in another person's eyes versus uh, doing something that is against Scripture and, and or the Bible, doing something wrong. You know that it, doing something that is against what the Bible says. If we're following the precepts and, and commandments of the Lord, but it does not is, and is not agreeable to the way somebody sees it or believes it should be, then there's a problem. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know it's kind of funny because Mondays are what day did we get back Monday. We had, yeah. we had a program Monday, right? We did a program. Yeah, we yes, did. We did. All right. I think it was, uh, yeah, it was from Monday's program when we talked about what, what happened at the, here at the Washington Conference, which was a resounding success. Overwhelming. Oh, I, I mean, there were people who rededicated their lives to God, who got baptized there. Joe and his wife. Mm-hmm. Many, many lives were changed. Hearts were touched. And if you just imagine this. Imagine a candle. And, and I think I used this analogy. Monday, but then imagine at that conference one candle and everyone taking their own personal candle and taking from that flame and going out to going back home to their homes and that candle representing a renewed faith and renewed inspiration, renewed information, information they didn't have, a renewed commitment and that's spreading 
The haters don't like that. The haters don't like that. And Satan surely doesn't like that. But that's what happened. And you see, we were talking on Monday about the increased police presence because of some inane, idiotic bunch of threats against certain speakers and against things. You saw the police presence there, right? Those of you who were there. You saw the the, the, the sheriff's tower. You saw the perimeter. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I've got photographs. I got an email from someone saying, it doesn't prove squat. It doesn't prove anything. I want to see more. I want to see documentation about the police reports. Okay. All right. Again, is that how you want to spend your time? I merely mentioned that. Oh, the only reason I mentioned that is because, you see, that's going to be the situation for all of us. We're nothing special. Joan, I believe me, ask our wives, ask our families. We're nothing special. Well, we are just not in the way you think. <laughs> well, my wife makes, makes me wear a, ba- a, 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 a bicycle helmet around the house, okay? And I, I'm kidding. But see, we serve, I guess, as an emergency alert system for, for each and every one of you. Because what we're going through now, what we are going, I truly believe what we're going through now is what you're going to be going through sometime soon. I don't want to, I don't want to frighten you. But if you, if you care, if you want to be a watchman, and I don't care what your definition of watchman is, if you want to be a person who says, look, there's trouble coming, get out of the way, or, or there's trouble coming, get to your Bibles and, and, and immerse yourself in the Word, or there's trouble coming, grab your Bibles, grab your ammunition, grab your gun, whatever the case might be, you know, I, if you want to be that watchman, the takeaway from this is this. You can be part of that watchman group yourself because you're, you, everyone born and listening to this program tonight and, and everyone who attended the Hear the Watchman conference and who will attend the next one or the conference in, in, in uh, Colorado or Florida or whatever or the, the prophecy meeting in California or, or Paul McGuire's uh, prayer, uh, prayer and prophecy, uh, uh, conferences, meetings. You're doing something. You're, you're, you're physically doing something. You're, you're, you're engaging the enemy by praying. You're hacking off a lot of people. You're, you're angering a lot of people. And Satan doesn't like that. Huh? And, and I guess I said all that to say this. I said Satan doesn't like that. Doesn't like what? You weren't paying attention. I, I wasn't. I apologize. I was, uh, no, that's all right. Responding <laughs> yeah. to an email. I thought you said something wrong because no, no, it no. Just, I heard the tail end. I, I guess. I guess here's what I'm trying to say, and, and I cannot drive this point home enough. Again, I don't have dreams or visions. I don't have uh, don't God. Dream? Autumn, uh, well, I do. Believe me, it's <laughs> a freak show up there when I dream. Okay. I know you pass it down. Uh, um. <laughs> yeah. But I guess the takeaway is this, all right? How you spend your time, what you write, everything you write, everything you say, everything that you post, everything that you publish, everything that you... You know, you're going to be accountable for that. 
and it doesn't it doesn't hurt me i mean you could say you could, you could say that i'm the biggest dork in in the entire world i don't care i really don't care but you know what you know what i do care about i care about the people who are being adversely affected or impacted i care about the people who because of perhaps a statement that is made or a, a, a character assassination or whatever, whoever might read something like that, I care about that person grabbing onto something like that and saying, you know, I'm not going to believe them. I'm not going to believe Steve Quayle. I'm not going to believe Dave Hodges. I'm not going to believe J- John B. Wells. Well, you I'm know, not, people you know, shouldn't. I'm not going to believe them. People really shouldn't believe anybody. They well, should I, do the research that is of taken from the people there. But yeah, I understand. Yeah, what you're yeah and, and that's very true. You don't do your own research. But I, I guess what I'm trying to tell you is, and we should expect nothing less, right? Because if they didn't believe Jesus, right? And again, I'm not a minister. I'm not a pastor, but if they didn't believe Jesus and they crucified him, we, we, certainly we shouldn't expect any, any, any better treatment or any different treatment. In fact, we should, well, yeah, and we, we should embrace with the worst. But I, I guess, and you know, uh, Mark thirteen thirteen, and ye shall be hated of, and ye shall be hated of all men for my right. name's sake. But he shall endure until the end. The same shall be saved. Uh, also, it is uh, another. If the world hated, if the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Uh, but see, but see, Joe, Joe. They're coming after us, the Christians, the Jews, the Judeo-Christian, and and even the Muslims, because they're coming after all monotheistic religions to implement the state religion. But but here is the issue. We are very close to losing our ability to speak freely on the airwaves. We are losing... We are coming very quickly to to losing our right to bear arms. Why is that? A lot of it is because of complacency. A lot of it is because of apathy. Same thing, I guess. A lot of it is because of ignorance. But sadly, sadly, a portion of it is because of divisiveness. And what's at the root of that divisiveness? Is it jealousy, envy? Perhaps. Obviously, at the very root of it is that this Luciferian satanic mindset and agenda. But the war is heating up. Well, I wasn't. There's no script. I don't have a script to say this. This is coming from my heart. The war is heating up, and each and every one of you listening to this, I just beg of you: get on your knees tonight and pray, pray. Not for not for us. Just just pray for the salvation of people who are being misled and misguided. Intentionally. Intentionally. Alright. And as Joe said, don't believe. Do not believe us. Don't take our word for it. Do your own research. Alright. Do your own research. And, and because there will come a time. And I truly believe this, when we will be silenced or censored. Well, I'm not going to be censored. 
and I'm not going to be silenced. They'll have to do that from they'll have to do that from prison for me. That's just me. No, I agree. And, and, and you know You're something. Have to sell my, my and, lips shut. <laughs> and, and this comes. Uh, th- this comes right now at a time, folks, when when we we get back from Dallas and we see all of this. We, we just sad. It's sad what we're seeing. And and. Pastor Langford and Steve are going to talk about this on Monday. Yeah, really looking forward to that show. Uh, Pastor David Langford, Steve Quayle, Monday, yeah. the uh, day after the Easter holiday. If we can't, did, did that make sense? Uh, just yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I wanted to hit on this. This is a story we talked about yesterday in the last ten minutes of the show. The story which I'm offended by. <laughs> Emory University president says students are scared and in pain after someone dared to write Trump 2016 in chalk on campus. President Jim Wagner said students viewed graffiti as intimidating. Officials had to arrange a meeting for those offended to address their concerns. Counseling was offered. President of Emory Who University paid for that counseling? had spoken to demonstrators who said they were frightened after somebody wrote 2016 in chalk around campus. Students at the Atlanta school, which had an enrollment of more than 14,000, claimed their safe space was violated when the campaign slogan appeared on sidewalks and buildings. Wagner, the president of Atlanta, the Atlanta University, wrote Tuesday that students viewed messages as intimidation as they voiced their genuine concern and pain. As a result, he acted after student government wrote him and slammed the university's response, prompting a meeting that led to protest. Now administrators want to track down those responsible for the controversial markings. Some commentators on the university student newspaper website told the students to grow up and accused them of being big babies. That's an understatement. <laughs> as a result, the student org- organization offered counseling to anybody who may have been impacted by what they had seen. I know that that image is burned in their eyes forever and can never be taken away, and the emotional pain probably is in the millions for each child who saw that campaign slogan. Maybe they should walk around with their eyes shut. What was that? What did they write? Was it uh, Trump 2016? Oh, no. Can I get in on this? Can I get in on this? Eric Eric the Tech speaks. Come on, buddy. All right. Were you you as... uh, I mean, I didn't show you a picture of, of, of the Trump sign. Uh, I won't dare write his name on paper. I don't want to offend anybody here. So, Eric. Eric, are you all right, brother? I mean, it, it, folks, enter drum roll. Eric, the tech, he's got his own fan club, by the way. Yeah, he does. Eric at Hagman and Hagman.com. Eric at Hagman. Yeah, send your fan mail to Eric. At, I'm going to post a couple of pictures. Go on, Eric. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I just pictured, like, these people going into the counselor's room, and the counselor's like, why are you here? Oh, my mother died last night, or something, like, they're really down. Then why are you here? Chalk. (laughs) (laughs) Chalk graffiti. (laughs) No, I mean, it's, that's the, that's, 
exactly what it was. Oh, my god! They go on to say that the... Uh, uh, so anyway, these students basically had a, a mental and emotional meltdown from seeing a Trump 2016 sign on their campus written in chalk on the sidewalk, and they're addressing uh, new social justice opportunities and issues. Wagner uh, is somebody who is uh, the student president or the president of the the school here. Said that freedom of expression committee is meeting to address whether the person or people responsible for the chalking were in compliance with the policy of the school. However, they go on to say that uh, he believes the broader concern motivating the protest had to do more with the ideas the chalking stood for than how they were done. The Wheel also reported that the students this week chanted, You're not listening. Come speak to us. We are in pain. Shortly before <laughs> Wagner agreed to meet with them. Uh, the editor, Zach Huddock, posted an editorial addressing what happened. I do not take lightly the fears and pains of those students who felt victimized by the Trump 2016 chalkings around campus, and I try my best to support oppressed groups on campus. The duty of a newspaper is to give a voice to the voiceless, uh, surpasses that of echoing those in power. I acknowledge, again, that Donald Trump is unlike any recent candidate who has lasted uh, on this stage of a presidential election, and that the many Emory students' support of him holds a different connotation than support for Hillary Clinton or Josh Koscheck. It is nonetheless necessary to ask those protesters, what would happen should the tables be turned? Suppose we had a different administration. Suppose it was ruled ruled that protests, such as the one on Tuesday, made Trump supporters feel threatened themselves on campus. Freedom of speech works both ways, and it is a hindrance and its hindrance affects both sides. It is not the role of an institution that is devoted to the critical education of its students to tell those students which opinions they are allowed to have. It drew a handful of scathing comments, including one which read, While this response is inadequate in countering the anti-democratic impulses of the students frightened by chalk, it is at least better than the limp coddling responses from administrators who are letting students with the maturity of 10-year-olds drive the conversation in campus policy. Yeah. It goes on to give quotes from other people. The crybaby students forfeited any exemption or expectation of an open discussion with their demands that any talk or chalk of Trump should be banished from their fantasy land. Another read, I have no idea how you kids will survive once you get out into the real world. People have different opinions than you, and you need to grow up. Um, Another comment, I'm a liberal supporter of Clinton, and I want to shout at the thin-skinned crybabies on these campuses who are so obsessed with their safe spaces and so dismissive of free speech values. (laughs) On Wednesday, the scrawlings were swapped with messages of anti-hate even though Trump won the Georgia Republican but, but, but do you see, you, you see, this is... I'm okay. offended by their offense. Well, I'm where's offended my, by your, their offense recourse? your offense. Where's my recourse for my, how I'm offended? Uh, we'll have to put you into counseling. And this goes back to a, a discussion we had earlier on an article I read. Actually, it wasn't even an article. It was a post by a teacher who was amazed at the level of... Uh, disconnect in their student and I can't I don't remember if it was a man or a woman teacher but they talked about the issue of a transgendered person they said um, the students were backing up the rights of a transgendered person if it is he is a man and feels as though he is a woman he has a right to shower in the women's locker room well the teacher then posed the question what about the 20 females in that locker room who are offended by the one male who says he's a female well, they're the ones with the problem, the students responded. 
they're the ones with the problem. See, you see how a minority can can affect the majority. Look, the homosexuals, for example, at best five percent. I just want to know when the indictments are coming for the chalking. For the chalking, oh, the chalkings. You know, you showed me that earlier, and I thought this is even too ridiculous to. Well, it's on drugs today. So. No, I, I know. I mean, it's just. <laughs> I mean, it's... But, 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 oh. but you're right. But I, I got something about Lucifer. You, you want to talk about Lucifer? Well, we only have a few minutes left. Real quick, uh, author Maria Canise. Folks, if you, if you don't have her book, Prepare for Persecution, go to Amazon, Prepare for Persecution. you got to get that book because we need to, and I quote, Prepare for Persecution. Real quick here, Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday is when the statistics for the previous Monday's Lucifer episode show up on Wikipedia. Okay. Listen to these stats real quick. Monday's show was titled, and I quote, A Priest Walks Into a Bar. All right. Now, now listen to these numbers. We have to get uh, Matt Peterson, Daily Crow on. It had 3.82 million viewers. Okay. The synopsis of the plot's this. Lucifer and Detective Decker investigate when a priest asks, uh, for Lucifer's help in stopping a drug ring because he is being headed by a counselor at the local youth center. Basically, they're they're twisting Lucifer into a good guy, right? Giving evil a bad, right? A good name. And I'm going to just cut to the chase here. Uh, and Maria Canisa has done a marvelous job in breaking this down. But episode six has now been updated to include DVD uh, DVR reviewers. So how many people out there have a DVD player? A digital? Uh, how many people out there have a digital VD player? <laughs> Do you have a digital think, DVD player? I think I have the ability to play DVDs, not only my computer, no, but I'm, I'm, another I'm device just... in my house. A DVD. Yeah, that joke didn't land. A DVD, a DVD digital, video player. Digital VD player. Oh, a- anyway. <laughs> my daughter who came into the uh, studio and brought a uh, lady is looking at me like, Dad, come on. Really? Anyway. Episode 6 has been updated to include DVR viewers. Uh, 3.1 million viewers plus 300 uh, I don't believe million. that. 6.91. Anyway, they're playing with the numbers because exactly 3.00 million viewers, when they break it down into hundreds, has happened twice. Uh, the numbers there. You, when you look at the numbers, you can see a cult written all over this thing. Uh, it's been exactly, uh, for example... Uh, DVR viewers, 18 to 49 is 1.1 million. It's 11. We're in the last couple and, seconds know, here, but uh, I want to ask you, is there any, is it, what, is there any comparison to what it was at the debut to now? There? Oh, uh, I don't have that, okay. but the bottom line is, I call it, call it numerology written over the whole thing. That's all. So. Folks, this week, uh, we have tomorrow, Paul McGuire will be the guest for the whole three hours. And Friday, Dr. Ted Brewer will be coming on with us. Into next week, Pastor Langford and Steve Quayle will be with us Monday, and then we'll have Stan Tuesday, and we got a lot of guests in the hopper. Bill Silas will be coming on April 7th to talk about who book, who book, his new book. His new book. And uh, we're going to have Open Prophecy. Line Wednesdays, right? Open Line Wednesdays we're yes, going to have. starting right. uh, next week, Wednesdays are going to be devoted to uh, an hour of news followed by listener phone calls each and every Wednesday, so that's going to be fun. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us on this uh, Wednesday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Our guest was L.A. Marzulli for the first two hours. Until tomorrow with Paul McGuire. God bless, stay safe, and have a great night. This is the Global Star Radio Network.